Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to What We Make, a Terminator podcast. Don't eat my yogurt, Reese. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. well, I had a nickel for every time. <laughs> Where, oh, yes, I'm Will. <laughs> uh, I'm Matt. Uh, Malika couldn't be with us this week. Hopefully she'll be back next week. But we are joined this week by a plethora of guests. First up, we have Sergeant Drano. Hey guys, uh, glad to be here for this great movie. Yeah, we hear that you're one of the few fans. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sure a lot of people like this movie. <laughs> I still think you're joking. <laughs> <laughs> no way, man. <laughs> also, we have a return guest from last week. We have John. I'm sick. Oh, not you too. Oh, everybody's sick. I'm not sick. <laughs> not yet. I was sick. <laughs> and also, we have one of my co-hosts on Down Below. Say hello to Ian. And I mean, I've just been waiting to say that. I just, I'm so used to um, doing that when you do your intro well. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Ian's going to explain, I think, part of his unified theory of the Terminator universe. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think somehow... One theory got mushed together with another theory, and <laughs> yeah, some of my th- theories didn't quite work out before, but I will be going into some of it, because <laughs> some of the theories are almost spoilery, because it involves the Sarah Connor Chronicles. No, dear. Were you the fellow that uh, thought that uh, the Terminator we see in the first movie was sent last after all the other Terminators? Yeah, for a while that made sense until some of the other things started happening. And yeah, I've not hadn't seen them in a while, so you know you start coming up with these theories, and until you go and verify them again, they start. You know, it's brain candy, really, isn't it? <laughs> right on. Well, today we are here to do our discussion of Terminator Three: Rise of the Machines. <laughs> this time, it's a lady. Alright, so Terminator 3 was released on July 2nd, 2003, so that was, what, 12 years after the second one? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's also meant to take place in 2003, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. I just remember I was working at a cinema at the time this was released, and it was one of the few ones that had a trailer on six months before, maybe more, and you just got absolutely tired of it. Cause it'd be one <laughs> of the really? ones on a loop, and I'd see it every five minutes for about six months. I don't remember that, but I remember uh, this from the past few years, like every time I went to the theater... I saw the Wolverine trailer and I saw the World War Z trailer for a while and I just got so <laughs> tired of seeing those. But World War Z ended up being pretty good. Yeah, you sometimes you feel cheated. Like if you, you know, if you're a movie patron and you go to a theater, and you know, if you're like me, it's like I want to get there so I can, you know, in time for the trailers because I like trailers. Mm-hmm. I like to see what I'm in store for, what's coming out, you know, later. And then like it keeps being the same ones, and it's like, man. I- it, it's a different movie that yeah. I'm seeing. Why can't I get different trailers in front of it? Yeah. It didn't help that the teaser for this was just liquid metal forming a T3. And 
that was awful. <laughs> I'd forgotten that. What did you guys, uh, when you guys first, saw, did everyone see this in the theater, first of all? I don't think so. I think I saw it on video. Yeah, I, I, saw, was, home yeah, video. I saw it in the theater, but, you know, I was working at, so, at the time, so I got to see it for free. So was everybody, like, cautious about going to see it? Like, uh, everyone I knew was like, oh, they, I really <laughs> feel they shouldn't have made this movie, but I'm going to go see it. I was. I was ca- I was not expecting a good movie, so I was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I feel like that's what, what happened to most people I know, is everybody went in expecting the worst, and we came out yeah. genuinely surprised that it wasn't the worst. Mm-hmm. But then over the past decade, I think opinions have soured again. <laughs> well, I, th- I think, I mean, that's generally a good sort of position to have on, on something, you know, sight unseen, is you sort of like, well... You hear about something, and it's like, well, okay, expect the worst, but hope for the best. Yeah. Um, so you know, you're, you're never, you're never too disappointed. Um, <clears throat> I, you know, when I heard about it, I was like, that's weird after after so long. And then it's like, well, James Cameron isn't involved. Well, that's also weird. That's and, and then, you know, <laughs> Edward Furlong isn't playing. John Connor. Well, that's even weirder. What the hell? What's going well, thank on? My goodness. <laughs> um. But, uh, but I, you know, it was sort of like, well, you know, I'll get around to it. Like, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't like dreading it. Like, like, you know, I wasn't angry. It didn't make me angry. You know, I'm an adult now. So a few things in regards to movies, you know, just make me angry on the face of them. Um, make you angry. What's that? Did the fourth one make you angry? Uh, uh, after I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but you know, not beforehand, um, and, and, and you know, like that—that's a discussion for a later time. But like, if anything, I was actually really interested in the fourth one because that trailer is pretty badass. But I digress. That was one of my favorite trailers of all time. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty amazing. Um, awesome use of Nine Inch Nails. Yes. Hell yeah. Kind Great of an inverse thing. Terminator Three, crappy trailer, good movie. But uh, yeah. Terminator Four, great trailer, not a good film. Yeah, so I so I saw the you know the third one when it came out on home video because like this was at a time when um uh this was right before Arnold Schwarzenegger went into politics like this was to be his like last film. Yeah. That was, he was a gonna, big thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and then he was he was going to become governor of California, and he did. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, so I sort of saw the film on home video, like while he was like in the middle of doing all that. Uh, so it was an inter- interesting sort of um, time and place. And uh, and I was like, all right, this is this is fine. I I I enjoyed this. Like you know, everybody was like you know yelling at it, and I was like, I don't see what the big deal is. Like th- there's nothing wrong. This is totally fine. You know, it's not like friggin' amazing, but like, does it have to be? Like, it, it's the third film in a franchise. Like, it's okay if it's, it's not it's like, a fantastic fine action movie. It's it's a good action movie. It's just yeah. not a good Terminator movie. It just felt <laughs> completely disagree. Yeah, it was, it felt, it was different. It felt superfluous. Like we didn't need it. Like this was never needed. And the fact that it wasn't terrible was just. You know, it was okay. <laughs> like that's kind of gravy. It's like okay, it's not. You know, it's yeah. it's it's harmless. That's the that that's kind of like you know how I come away from it feeling. You know, it's just like all right, it was it was it was pointless, unnecessary, but like it didn't hurt anything. 
So it was so it was okay. Um, I, I have some of that has to do with not including the scene you posted. Well, because if that wasn't it, yeah. that would have been a problem. <laughs> I don't think so. That was awesome. What you talking about? <laughs> well, that's the, yeah. I saw that scene like you know way after the fact. You know, uh, on, on like home video, video and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I. I think that ties into like some of the sort of issues that a lot of people have with this film, and 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 I understand their issues. I, I like I kind of agree. What issues? Well, it's just the movie itself, the yeah. tone I of think it. We'll be getting into it. Cause the tone of it. It's <laughs> a lot. Different... It's a lot sillier yeah. than really? than any any film in the franchise. That's interesting because I found. Terminator 2 to be a lot sillier than this movie. I felt oh, there was a lot bad. more humor <laughs> injected into Terminator 2. I found it even. And well, Terminator 2 has Jar Jar Furlong in it. <laughs> yeah. Next <laughs> yeah. oh, style is a little better. I don't believe this comma. But I, I, I don't think believe we should establish it. He can lead a resistance. See, to, right. me, this, to me, the next doll Connor was much more believable to me as somebody who could ultimately uh, come to lead a resistance. Except, of course, this is kind of an alternate future that's been altered, so he's turned into this drug dad dude. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, well, the, so he's not exactly the person he was originally going to be, but I could I could see him becoming that person. I could see a path where he could have become that person. Right. Except uh, unlike Edward Furlong. <laughs> the guy we get in Terminator 4. Uh. <laughs> mm, I want to work no on comment. my Christian Bale impersonation before we do Terminator 4. Do you want me to fucking trash your lights? <laughs> I'm going to come kick your ass. I can, actually, I can actually do it, but I'm sick right now, so I can't at the moment. But you want me to trash my scene? <laughs> well, Good for you. There is actually one philosophical difference between this and the previous films, right away it's got this whole predetermined um, feel to it that you can't find the future, it's, it's going to happen whatever you do, whereas the others, it's all about you can find the future, no fake, but what you make. This is actually my big uh, issue with the film. I, I had mentioned this uh, in the previous episode that I had a sort of issue with the film that that kind of fundamentally breaks it for me you know it's like as much as i enjoyed terminator 3 like as an action movie um there's an element of it that i feel is kind of a big middle finger to the franchise and a big slap in the face and it's like i thought you guys were fans why are you doing this um and that's the idea of you know the like up until this point the entire message of the franchise yes, I know what you're was saying. that you know there is no fate but what we make for ourselves. The future is not yeah, set. Exactly. And well, and the, this the film future. says no, screw you. It doesn't matter what you do. <laughs> you know, like it's all going to happen anyway. And then I'm like, well, yes, well, yes, well yes, then it yeah. makes the entire endeavor pointless. Then what? Then why? Why yeah, are we that, even? That was just something that John Connor said. I mean, no one told him that rule. Like, no one said, hey, John, here's the time travel rules. The future is not set. Like, it's just something he hypothesized. I, no, I, I think it, I think it's one, of, it's one of those time loop things where, like, his, his, his mother uh, told it to him because she got it from um, 
a yeah. personal page. from it's, Kyle it's, Reese. It's a bootstrap. Who got it from John? It is, yeah. yeah, it's a bootstrap. Although we're starting to get into partial bits. Of my theory here that we're, you know, this is one version of the timeline that. And the well, first Terminator film is one version of the timeline. It's not actually right. the first version. Right, because of, right. Yeah, because kind of my theory is the first version of the timeline, there is no John Connor. Mm-hmm. Humanity no, no, no. is almost extinct. Kyle yeah. Reese gets into a time travel thing. The Terminator is sent after him, and you get a version of the first film, but not quite. Well, the, the theory that I... I think makes the most sense that I heard is the first time this whole thing happened, John Connor sent a random soldier back, uh, Kyle, which ended up being Kyle Reese, who ended up impregnating John Connor's mother. And then from that point forward, that original John Connor is just gone. And from now on, it's like the original John Connor's half brother, John Connor. <laughs> yeah, that's another because he has a di- because he has a different dad than the original John Connor. Oh, yeah, good thing. Yeah. All right, let's get to this. <laughs> Revisit all this. In yeah, a bit. oh, definitely. T3 was directed by Jonathan Mostow, who's responsible for Breakdown, The Game, and Surrogate. And it was written by John Roncato and Michael Ferris, who are both credited with Catwoman and Terminator Salvation. Ugh. Oh. And also, right. a, a guy named Teddy Serafian has a credit. I think he wrote the first draft. Okay, so, so I can almost see that, that this, you know, the first draft might have actually been, you know, a lot similar, but without all the in-jokes and references that waters some things down, I think. Yeah, his script had John Connor working at a dot-com company and a female Terminator that could turn invisible came from the future. Hmm. Uh, maybe not then. <laughs> the Predator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was working at Yahoo, probably. <laughs> the budget was $200 million and it grossed $433 million, so successful but not as successful as T2. And they had trouble. Well, J- James Cameron announced it a bunch of times, but nothing ever came of it. And then there was trouble with Carico going bankrupt and a lot of stuff with the rights. But Well, here's something that, that happened around this time, because now we're dealing with um, not only is, is James Cameron not involved, but 20th Century Fox isn't involved either. Um, now it's uh, Warner Brothers, I believe who owns the rights to the uh, Terminator franchise. And they get a lot worse down the line from what I remember. They go through lots of different hands in the end. I remember reading something about why Lyndall Hamilton didn't want to be involved. I think she just said she had completed her story in the first two, but I can't remember. I tend to agree with that. She's right. I really miss her. (laughs) She she didn't want to lose the hearing in her other ear. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they they called her up to... uh, to be in the movie, but she answered the phone with the wrong ear. (laughs) (laughs) Too soon, though. So so Arnold originally didn't want to do it because James Cameron wasn't going to be involved. And, um, yeah, he said that he had finished telling the story he wanted to, but 
he said, you know, this character's as much as as much Arnold's as it was his, so he told Arnold to do it and don't ask for anything less than thirty million. <laughs> he ended up getting paid twenty nine point two five million plus twenty percent of the profits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus this was a clearly a political move. <laughs> yeah, he had to put off running for governor to do this. Didn't he didn't he apologize for all of his movies basically right after becoming governor? I'm sorry for all those violent movies I did. Not, to my Not that I recall. I'm pretty sure I heard him make that statement at some point. Someone yeah, told really me. just politician, so it's possible he might have. Yes. He dreamed that. <laughs> Said he agreed to defer part of his salary to, just to make sure they didn't relocate filming to Vancouver. Hmm. But they so filmed like, in California? His, yeah, Los his Angeles. Aha! <laughs> that is where all the movies take place, so... Yeah, that's no guarantee, as you Canadians well know. But I mean, that's that's a that's a around that time. That's when that started to become really prominent. Um, this is like, and everything is is either outsourced to or or is just made in Canada. Damn you, Canada! You're not even a real country anyway. We're <laughs> <laughs> America's hat. <laughs> they look just like us. They can sneak over. Does anybody right. live in the Yukon? I've always, I kind of wanted to know that. <laughs> I think Jack. Jack lives in the Yukon. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's start with the recap. We start out with a voiceover from John Connor saying, The future's not written. There is no fate but what we make for ourselves. But we find out at the end that's not true. <laughs> well, to this well actually straight away he says he doesn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. John Connor's played by Nick Stahl, who's on Carnival. He's Ben Dawkins, I think. Yeah, Hawkins. Hawkins. Ben Hawkins, okay. He's been in a lot of stuff. Sin City. He was Has in, he been in anything lately? He had a drug problem. <laughs> Not lately. <laughs> yeah, I think right around that drug problem, he was on that show House of Lies. He's on the street, maybe. Oh, yeah, he's dead. He is dead. Oh, he died? Yes, he died. Oh. Uh, what? I I, he, he disappeared for a while, and they eventually found out that he was dead. Oh. Uh, yeah, I think I remember hearing that, actually. Yeah, I did not I hear about that. this. Oh, my oh. God. I'm going to check it right now. Please do, because it's thrown me for a loop. Uh, I was like, I'm sitting here thinking, like, I don't think he's... I, no, he's not. I just saw him in something just recently. He's not dead. Okay, he's I didn't dead. think so. Must <laughs> be somebody else. Keep an eye on Thomas Decker, because everyone who seems to be playing John Connor, something's happening to them. I think Thomas Decker's doing all right. Didn't get into drugs? We'll see. He's got a new TV show now. Oh, that's weird. I could have sworn he was dead. No, I heard that. I think I heard it more than once, but yeah. Maybe he was. The world tends to do that. Like, if someone is not on a screen in front of your face 24-7, either their career is dead or they're dead. (laughs) He may as well be dead. (laughs) (laughs) What was the last movie he was in? Uh, looks like um, 2011, and then he's he's gonna be in one and two. Well, it, he's listed as being in something called Away from Here in 2014, but there's not a link for it yet, so maybe it's not actually uh, hadn't actually been released. Yeah, he's dead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, he wishes, wishes he could believe that, but you see a bomb go off and he recaps how he was taught about the war and the machines tried to kill him. Then we see a future version of himself living the war against the machines and they stop Judgment Day. That's Wait. a pretty cool sequence, I thought. And they stopped Judgment Day back in the day, but he doesn't feel safe. I like how well, all the future scenes, John Connor has a consistent scar across the Even And in the beginning, he gets some nice references, actually, because John's sitting on a bridge over a slipway. Um, yeah. And, and he wakes up underneath a tunnel, just like his mother did in the first film. And later on comes the troubling um, callbacks. Shut your mouth. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, but I just find them a bit cheesy as they go along, but these are pretty good. In the future scenes, I was very, very sad to see all the Terminators were CG. No practical Terminators. I thought they actually looked pretty good, CG. To me, it seemed like it held up. Did you not think so? It, it was okay, but I'd still rather have an actual... Uh, claymation. No, not even claymation. <laughs> like in the Terminator Stop 2, motion. like the the opening of Terminator 2 and some shots in T1. Well, Terminator t- in Terminator 2, they were they were rod puppets. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's just, it just some down to expense, I think, nowadays. To just build robots, make real robots. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of times too, it's it's just it's just sort of just the 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 mental state of like let's just let's just you know just do it all in computers. Like don't even mm-hmm. why build it when we can just throw a bunch of zeros and ones at it. Yeah, I don't care how they do it as long as it looks good. I felt like the sequence looked pretty good. Yeah, I, I thought they looked good. Um, but yeah, I am and also it's still at night as well, which is a bonus. I'm a, I'm a bit of a purist <laughs> yeah. in that, like you know, like I, I I long for practical effects whenever you can do them. The the best sort of course is to is to marry the two, is to use CG in order to uh, complement or enhance your practical effects. Yes. I agree. Hopefully, Star Wars will be doing that this year. As far <laughs> as I know, they are. Yeah. So President John lives off the grid so no one can find him, but he has those these bad dreams and there are future scenes of HKs and Terminators shooting. I didn't see any people, so I don't know what they were shooting at. <laughs> <laughs> Target practice on the skull. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so he keeps running as fast as he can down the highway and he crashes his bike. And then a Terminator arrives in the present and it's a lady. She's naked. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Somebody predicted labia. Yeah, yeah. we didn't see any, though. Unfair. It's Flapping sexism. around. <laughs> Majora nor minor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this Terminator is a TX played by Christiana Loken. Uh, she was in Painkiller Jane, The L Word, a few episodes of Burn Notice. So she steals a car from a surprise lady. Who seems to be out shopping in the middle of the night. Yeah, well, uh, she likes the car. She takes the <laughs> car and she uses her freaking mouth to get on the internet through her cell Dial-up. <laughs> that was ridiculous looking. Yeah, remember dial-up? <laughs> I thought it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, this is this is what I was talking about earlier. Because, I mean, there there is there is a subtle distinction between humor and silly. <laughs> Like, well, you don't, you don't. I mean, to me, that makes sense. Why wouldn't the Terminator do that? 
I thought it probably would have been cool back in the day. It was, you know, we were all, well... Uh, at the time, I think it worked, but right now, it just, it, it seems ridiculous. Mm. Oh, when is this? This is set in what year again? 2003. 2003. At this point, we were... we were, have a problem with that. We were, we were kind of done with dial-up. We were into, you know, broadband now. Uh, speak for yourself, yeah, Mr. Fancy Internet Guy. <laughs> Me and my cable modem. Yeah. However, it's a DSL. minor thing compared to what comes next. The boob guy, it's just tacky. <laughs> it makes sense. It makes total sense. <laughs> I just find it tacky. <laughs> but it works. Well, it almost works. Yeah, she was looking up members of the resistance and she gets the attention of the police and she sees that billboard and grows her boobs before mm-hmm. she gets before the policeman gets there. Future has boob inflating yep. tech. And she, she likes his gun and takes it from him. <laughs> I guess. I have to say I like the idea that Terminators would have secondary missions that they go back and target other people apart from John Connor. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I thought this was a good uh, a good piece of the plot. I liked that she wasn't targeting John Connor. It is, yeah, because it just it just gives us a different narrative. So it gives us something. It's not the same thing. Every like, oh, going trying to kill a member of the Connor family. Like, no, it gives us. Yeah, it gives us a chance else. to see a Terminator terminate people. There are other people that are important in this, you know, future plot. Like, yeah, it, no targets. Not all got, about you, you know. No targets got terminated in T uh, two. <laughs> yeah. A lot of them got terminated in this one. <laughs> do you reckon? Um, so, do you reckon Reese was on that list? I don't think he's born yet. Yeah, he's not born yet. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think he might. I think, be. I think Connor says that he's not born yet. Doesn't he? Well, in he the first film, he oh, rose that... up afterwards. But as Judgment Day has been moved forward, I reckon he's probably maybe two or three at this point. Maybe. I thought I thought he told Claire Danes at some point in this movie that his dad hadn't been born yet, or was that the second? Well, that he I thinks say he, he, did. I'm he not doesn't sure know, that. does he? He doesn't know for sure. Well, the important question is: Does Skynet even have that information? Does, I don't think Skynet even knows who who Kyle Reese is, or that he's important. I would yeah. maybe that he's actually an important soldier because yeah, you know, he, he, they're targeting other important yeah. soldiers. Maybe he probably. I don't, probably, I don't know if he was important, though. I don't know if he was important, Right. I mean, well, it seems like Kyle Reese himself didn't know that he was Connor's father. He was just some grunt in right. the future. And while Connor in the future probably knew when he sent him back, uh, he's probably the only one who yeah. did. So The only, pe- so the only people Skynet who know are, are Sarah and John, so mm. Skynet wouldn't yeah. have that information. But I'm just, I was just trying to speculate how important... Um, he could be other than being the father of John Connor. And is he says, just a friend, or is he actually part of le- you know the leadership? No, he's a, like a techcom sergeant techcom. He's he's a non-commissioned officer. He's he's not a high-ranking uh, guy. At least not in the first movie. He wasn't. He, he was just he, he was under Perry. So Perry's a high guy. <laughs> yeah, Perry's a guy. Colonel, what's his face? What Perry, I can't Perry. remember what he was. Apparently, you meet Perry in one of the Terminator video games. No, but, um, really. uh, Kyle, Kyle was born in 2002, it says here on Wikipedia. Oh, okay. Yeah, and this is 2003. Mm-hmm. So, yes, he'd be, he'd be one years old. 
Right. Mm-hmm. But then we have the issue of does Skynet know? And no, I don't think I don't think, think Skynet knows. That, that. That's going to enter into a into a problem in the next film. But yeah, I don't think Skynet has that information. I don't acknowledge the next film. <laughs> <laughs> right. This, Whether you acknowledge it film, or not, it's there. So <laughs> this film and the next film are what I call the abortive timeline. <laughs> the timeline where I think the machines win. <laughs> the darkest timeline. Um, <laughs> going back to the TX, um, in my opinion, uh, the design of this TX really makes more sense than the other designs we've seen as, as far as being an effective infiltrator. They, they've got something that really does not look threatening at all. It's not just but, that, I, I, but I was confused at first when I learned that it was a metal endoskeleton again. I was like, why would right. they go back to that after T-1000, who seems so advanced and like unkillable? But then and you, she shows off that she has all these weapons and tools. Exactly, exactly. I always <laughs> figured their next step would be nanobites. Mm-hmm. Nanobites? <laughs> yeah, but that's Nanobots, about, sorry, is what I meant to say. Yeah, nanobots. nanobots, I think, for a 2003 Hollywood <laughs> film, bit advanced for them. Mm-hmm. I kind of figured that's what the liquid metal was, that it was nanobots. I well, he's, I think he said something like nanopolymer, so... I don't know. The, oh, oh, before we get uh, too far too farther along, I also wanted to tell you my theory about the whole uh, time displacement thing that uh, that seems to, like, disintegrate everything around the area. Mm-hmm. I think it might be an exchange of matter, so that when you displace somebody into the past, whatever was there gets displaced back into the future where there were. Uh, Maybe. That way you don't have, like, mass trying to occupy the same space at the same time. Too. Yeah, I think uh, that makes sense. Although it does, like, destroy everything around it, so maybe it is trying to occupy the same space. In the same well, no, time. that's what yeah. I'm saying. It's it not pushes it out of it. the way and compacts it into a melted mess. I don't know. No, that's what I'm saying. It's not destroying it. It's, it's moving it to the future where that person left from. And just the transfer creates a whole lot of heat. And it's a swap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Head can. Well, if if tec- <laughs> if that were technically true, then then they would because, like, as far as we know, as far as the the, the franchise tells us, you know, they can't they can't travel to the future. They can only travel to the past. Right. And and if this time displacement thing is true, then they then theoretically. If they die, if they did it right, they could travel to the future. Yeah, if you knew exactly where somebody was and exactly where you were going to be able to place your bubble, yeah, that would be true. But yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But how do you know that? I mean, but of course, again, the franchise has ago. been telling us that the future's not set, so you can't travel to the future because it's not written yet. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, uh, it, it seems like there is a degree of fate going on, but at the same time, uh, history is clearly being changed also. So, I mean, maybe these are two forces kind of vying against each other. And, of course, again, we go back into the whole string theory thing that allows me to to watch this movie and not get angry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, it seems like the time travel rule – ooh, here comes some a treat for me. Uh, mm. <laughs> that tastes good, babe. That tastes good. My wife is making cookies. Oh. I'm glad that's all it is. It's <laughs> she's uh she's making uh she's making cookies from uh, Carol's recipe on The Walking Dead. Me the cookies, cookies that she made. 
<laughs> the, Take cookies the cookies, man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't pick it. the other choice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really think you want to go with the cookies. Yeah. <laughs> I think I know what you think. <laughs> um, dang, I was distracted by cookies. What were we talking about? <laughs> Time I we would, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I feel like the rules that, at least as far as uh, Terminator 3 goes, are now establishing is seems to be kind of a mixture of the time travel rules from Star Trek, in which you've got yesterday's Enterprise with uh, Tashi R uh, from an alternate timeline going back in time and supposedly uh, you know obliterating that timeline, but then showing up as the mother of a half Romulan person. So apparently she continued to exist when she uh, left left the original timeline that she was in, even though that timeline that she was in supposedly no longer existed. And I think I feel like those rules are being combined with uh, well something that didn't even exist at the time, which seems to be this concept of course correction that Lost gave us, where if you try to alter something, the universe tries to kind of course correct events back to some semblance of what that original timeline was going to be. Yeah. That's kind of where we have Claire Danes and uh, John Connor meeting up again. Mm. So, speaking it's, of Claire Danes, sorry. No, no, I'm trying to complete that theory, and it's not complete in my head yet. <laughs> okay. Well, Kate Brewster is shopping and she gets a call from her daddy who's supposed to meet her fiance, but he has to catch Don't you mean them. Catherine Brewster? Catherine Brewster! <laughs> <laughs> Catherine Brewster is play, played by Claire Danes. I never saw my home, my so called life, but I know her from Homeland mostly. She was Temple Grandin in Temple Grandin. But I kept noticing that she was doing a lot of the same like mannerisms and expressions that her homeland character does. So I was like, hey, that's... Hmm. Um, Did she do something with her mouth? <laughs> you know, I saw, I was, started watching season four of Game of Thrones again, and I could see that thing that Lena Headey does with her mouth that Malika <laughs> was talking about. <laughs> I never noticed it before. But she talks out of the side of her mouth, kind of. <laughs> I always figured she was only doing it in Terminator the Sarah Connor Chronicles to hide her accent, but if she does it in Game of Thrones as well, yeah, <laughs> maybe that's just how she talks. I'll have to watch out for that. <laughs> Corner of my upper lip goes up like Sylvester Stallone when I talk, so <laughs> everybody has Ian, their things. Yeah. Ian, do an American accent right quick and see if you suddenly start talking out the side of your mouth. I can't do an American accent. I'm rubbish at it. I'll give it a go. Maybe if you talked out the side of your mouth, you could. Yeah, maybe <laughs> if you put a piece of tape over one side of your mouth, start talking and see if it comes out American. <laughs> <laughs> yup. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Not Um... Yeah, Papa Brewster was in six or seven episodes of Justified. I don't remember who he was. but Yeah, that guy's been in a bunch of stuff. I can't think of what it is, though. He's been in a lot of sci-fi stuff, I think. Yeah. He's having some trouble with some virus that's going around. The Pentagon wants him to use their AI to go after after the virus, and their AI is called Skynet. Yeah, this is actually a, a nitpick that I have that... Right, you've got all these clever people, you've got mm-hmm. this most advanced 
computer virus going around and you got the most advanced AI yeah. and no one connects the two? <laughs> well, it's no not supposed one? to pick up anything. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it, that, I, I agree that it was confusing that supposedly Skynet wasn't active or hooked up to anything and yet they have this virus going around and we're told at the end that Skynet is the virus. Yeah. And my eventual sort of takeaway on all that is that maybe this virus started taking over everything uh, when the TX talked on the phone with her little uh, modem voice. Oh, um, self-fulfilling prophecy. She basically, part of her mission is to ensure Skynet's creation. Uh, Exactly. uh, Exactly. Even what she does later on as well, that makes sense. Yes. I mean, if, if, you, if you can send a robot back in time to prevent John Connor from ever, ever existing, then I guess you can send a robot back in time to help Skynet exist. It's just more bootstrapping. So out in a field somewhere, another Terminator arrives. This is the 850, T850, played by Arnold, of course. He's a little older now. <laughs> That's fine. I, I, I remember liked his, I always liked his, his sort of explanation for that. Like people, yeah. you know, it's like, what? He's a, he's a, he's playing a Terminator, but he's like, he, you know, he looks old now. And what's up with that? And his ex- explanation was basically, well, yeah, it's living tissue over metal skeletons, so the living tissue is going to break down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah, definitely makes sense. That's good. I'm good. I'll go with that. I actually um, thought he looked pretty good, honestly. Well, I remember at the time this movie came out, it was at. Even at that time in 2003, though, you know, Arnold was in those tabloids, pictures of him all flabby on the beach, <laughs> and people were like, how's he going to play the Terminator? And then people were surprised, you know. He it's up. called Two Months at the Gym? Like, yeah. <laughs> people, people don't understand, like, that's how the human body works. Like, if you're not working out constantly, then eventually your, your body's going to just sort of, like, you know, flab away to normal. Yeah. And it's like, you know, don't worry. Like, it takes a while to shoot a movie. So, like, if he needs to get back into, you know, it's like boxers do it all the time. Like, oh, I got to get back into fighting shape. Like, well, then they, and they go to the gym, and then by the time it rolls around, like, they're good to go. So, yeah, he did look good. But as as he walked away, you could see his love handles jiggling around. <laughs> <laughs> Those were some extra circuits or something. <laughs> <laughs> extra armor on his battle chassis <laughs> I didn't even watch the bonus features on this DVD except for that one scene I'll get around to them eventually but yeah there is a scene that kind of explains why all of this model looks like Arnold <laughs> or who, it was, who this model was based on but in a way that in addition to actually seeing Hunter Killers in this film and T1's take something away from Skynet, I think, because all it's done is take human technology and upgrade it rather than inventing these things itself. And I kind of felt like it had a bit of menace that it created hunter-killers and it created terminators. With this, no, it didn't. It just took human things that were already in development. Well, I mean, it, it built upon those beginnings. I mean, it put flesh on these machines... Uh, it did all the liquid metal stuff. Uh, phase plasma. Yeah, it did do that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> John breaks into an animal clinic to get some meds. And Skynet gave us all the drugs. 
That's the sky that came up with incredible boobs. <laughs> <laughs> it knows our psychology, man. Oh, yeah, they gave uh, Arnold's, well, yeah, psychology, right? Are you trying to say the Arnold had inflatable boobs, too? Yeah, I'm just saying it in psychology, so, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Yes, that's right. These we'll get into that. These were unfortunate <laughs> unfortunate scenes of Nick Stahl doing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I had actually forgotten about that. self prophecy. Yeah. I like it, though. The T-850 goes to a bar to make it. They think he's a dancer for Ladies' Night. The bouncer is played by N.C. Ganey. He was Mr. Friendly and Lost and Pop Oh, yeah, that guy's he's been in everything. Justify, yeah. So Arnold, Arnold goes in, and the ladies love him. He takes the dancer's clothes. The dancer's got some attitude for him. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's got some nice glasses, too. Laying this line. That line, uh... People were really saying that back then, weren't they? Yeah, this was so weird because, like, this was outdated even in 2003. It's like, why? What? (laughs) It it just feels like a parody that shouldn't exist in each film. Well, you have to understand that the events of Terminator 2 delayed all this culture uh, a couple of years. Uh, So that, you know, ah. in 2003, they were just coming up with the talk to hand stuff. The dancer, the only other thing he's been in was called American Indian Graffiti, This Thing Life. <laughs> so, Termi gets some glasses, but he doesn't like these glasses. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, question. What is the strategic value of sunglasses? Hides damage to your eyes. Can't tell what you're looking at. Just look cool. That's the fit in. We've established previously that, um, like, the Terminators, because of their, their, like, that red vision that they have, like, that they, I guess they see better at night, so they put the sunglasses on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that, can... that, that makes sense. Alright, I'll, 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 buy that. <laughs> But the whole glasses gag just—I uh, groan. And it, it, it tells another, me that, that's another sort of issue. Like this movie is very self-aware. Yeah, and it told me that along with T2, they're going for the 13-year-old demographic again, right? Yeah, <laughs> more so in this one, far more so. Oh, because this one isn't this one PG-13? I don't remember. Uh, I can't remember. This guy does get a hand through the chest. <laughs> Yeah, but I think, like... You can do a little... Uh, like, you can say, what, like, fuck one time in, like, a PG-13 Yeah, as long like as that. it's not in a sexual connotation. Yeah. <laughs> see, this... I don't see what the rating was right off of that. But, yeah, so Terminator gets some glasses and a truck, some better glasses. Uh, <laughs> it's... Oh, yeah, it's July 24, Again, 2004. T2 and looks, you know, all the keys... Where, oh, where is that? You know, basically where John Connor showed him to look for That's the true. keys in the first film. Uh, yeah, he shouldn't be able to remember anything. Because it's a different name. Yeah. 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 I, I know. I guess, been, I guess he's been programmed with some of this stuff. I mean, he's been reprogrammed to go back and locate yeah. John Connor. So I guess so probably... So, Kate Brewster's better at reprogramming Terminators than John Connor is. I guess so. 
Yes. Maybe they maybe they've gotten better at it. I mean the 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 first one they sent back, John Connor was still alive, and this one obviously was reprogrammed at some point after that. So maybe they're better at it now. Yeah, but I'd buy the that this version of John Connor can get assassinated in this stupid way they described. <laughs> Other John Connors? No. No, they wouldn't pull for that. <laughs> I don't know, man. But you're getting ahead of yourself, man. We aren't yeah. there yet. So it is rated R. I thought, yeah, I thought Genesis, I mean, not Genesis, Salvation was the first PG-13. Okay, yeah, so it's Salvation is the one that's rated PG-13. Wow. And the year is because I do I do remember having an issue with that one. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, Why? around that time, I think there were several franchises were doing their first PG. Yeah, Die Hard did and, it. And... I think Lethal Weapon maybe. Yeah, and actually around this time, um, the UK um, changed its rating system a little bit from going from PG twelve to fifteen. They changed the twelve to a twelve A, which is. More or less the same as your PG-13. They wanted a 10-point system, so it'd be metric. (laughs) So it is 2004 in the movie, and you see Lady Termi. I called her Lady Termi. (laughs) She goes (laughs) to a drive-thru and kills Jose Barrera, and then she goes to a party and kills Elizabeth and William Anderson. Anytime young punks are getting killed, I cheer them. <laughs> <laughs> You're ice cold. I know. My cold, cold black heart. <laughs> and see, see, the, the fate is what we make. She's <laughs> definitely making some, unmaking some fate right now. She's taking out this upper echelon like nobody's business. Do you guys, do you guys, back to Arnold taking off his clothes and being naked and still looking okay in 2003, do you guys think we're going to see naked Arnie in the next one? I could see Arnie, but not real one. <laughs> I would, I it's would like, put money down that he won't take off his shirt. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if two months in the gym could help him. Now I'm not sure. <laughs> I I know. Are you wait? Are you talking about the fourth movie or the upcoming yeah. fifth movie? Genesis upcoming. Oh, how I old figured, is Arnold now? I figured he'd, he'd just be completely CGI, played by Andy Serkis. <laughs> Andy could do it. Arnold was born in 47, July 47, so 60 something. Uh, I can't do that. Okay. Because I was going to bring up Tom Cruise, and now he still looks good in his 50s, but yeah, that's. Oh, there's looking good, and then there's. But the looking so different from what this robot's supposed to look like. The Kate gets the call at the. Cl- uh, there's an emergency at the clinic. And when she gets there, John is all passed out on the floor. He hears her. <laughs> she finds an empty bottle um, that John had left, and he comes out. And she's about to call the police, but he can't. What? what? I know this will make any sense. Okay. He can't let her do that. Yeah, he can't <laughs> let her do that. He has to stop the period. And yeah, he took the stuff that used to chemically neuter dog. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I think she was joke, not joking, but tricking him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I still love it though. Uh, but still, this Connor falls for it mm-hmm. again. Well, does I like it show I, him in that greater light. Yeah. He's impaired. Like well, it just like it that just that she, took it just shows them that it shows that he's he's human. You know. Yeah. He's like what? And it's false. No. <laughs> it's also a chance to show that. Uh, I guess 
that the she can kick some ass too. That yeah, she's able to uh, yeah kind of take care uh, of herself. They're trying to actually develop her character a bit, which is good. Some leader he is. He got disarmed and locked in a cage after being <laughs> shot with his gun. <laughs> yeah. And some patient comes in and. Kate takes her and her pet into her room, and she goes back and she recognizes John. And we think maybe later on we found out it's because they made out in Mike Kripke's basement. They mentioned that again and again throughout this film, and it kind of feels like it must have been referenced before. It feels that familiar, Mike Kripke's basement. It's it's weird. It's a really good thing they're doing this film because I'm sure I've heard it before, but it's the first time we hear it in this film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, well, well, who was? The, I guess I don't remember if he if he had a if he even had a name. Who was that but, guy that was uh, that uh, Ed Furlong was hanging out with? That's in, who. That's what I was. That's who I was bringing I mean, up. I wonder yeah. if that was like Kripke. Like, maybe maybe that's Mike Kripke. <laughs> no, I thought he had a name, but maybe they didn't say it in the movie. I don't think it was Mike Kripke. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't seem like the type to have a makeout party in his basement, though. <laughs> I know why it sounds so familiar. It's because of um, that producer, Eric Kripke. Ah, yeah. So Terminator 2 happened after they made out, the day after they made out, apparently. (laughs) And they hear some glass breaking, and the patient that came in earlier got shot. The TX has arrived. Ah, the dogs bark as well. That's a nice little touch. That's what actually... Clues, um, Connor into this. Well, that that, sh- that shouldn't be anything though, because dogs bark all the time. <laughs> but uh, I don't. Yeah, that's... but if you've been brought up like John Connor has, and all of a sudden dogs are barking, you, you don't ever take it for granted. Like <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah. I guess dogs are barking. You need something bad. Run away. <laughs> Rough life. <laughs> um, constantly turning around every time a dog barks. But um, <laughs> I, oh, I just. I know there's nothing that can be done about it, but I just wish actors were ageless so that they could play the same roles forever because <laughs> one of my biggest pet peeves is a continuing story where the face of the characters keeps changing with the actors. Yeah. And I'm, oh, I just want the story to have consistency, but it's impossible because people age. Ah, but with this franchise, it's just a different timeline. <laughs> yeah, and so, ch- yeah, they'll be wouldn't change his face. So you just think Nick Stahl doesn't look enough like uh, Furlong, I guess? Um, no. <laughs> and and uh, and when when we see Nick Stahl in in the future, he's too dweeby looking. He doesn't look like the uh, the John Connor from T two that we see, who looks like a badass. But uh, did we actually see a John Connor in T two? I never yeah. thought we really got a look at a at actual John Reed, Connor. Reed, sure? Yeah, we Reed, saw him a little yeah, in, in the back. beginning in the cold open. Like, yeah, and then at the oh, final yeah. scene. Oh well, I'm not even seen the part. No. Actually, I'm not well, that's it. not. That's not officially part of the movie. I don't think we should really count. It's, it's in the uh, extended edition. But uh, I think uh, Nick Nick Stahl does. He does look like a Kyle Reese type, though. But um, yeah, yeah maybe he, in this in this particular timeline, uh, just a. a a different uh, sperm made it to uh, Sarah's egg. <laughs> and a few different chromosomes. Maybe. On there. That, or he's um, found a really good underground plastic surgeon. Hey, there you go. 
TX does a blood test to figure out that the lady she shot was not Catherine Brewster, and I guess and the whole finger. Oh, joy! But she's. Found. She has an orgasm. She's like, yeah. no, that's just that's just pandering. That's just over sexual. sexual yeah, relationship. the way she's licking the blood. That's yeah. It wasn't enough sexy. to grow her boobs. Like it's just like, oh. Yeah, she has to have a, an orgasm when she tastes blood. Yeah. Well, that's uh, her her program switching over uh, quickly. You know, it's these new priorities that she suddenly received. Which gives she's a fembot. <laughs> Kate is hiding, and Lady Terminator is looking for her. She finds one of There John. is actually a movie called Lady Terminator. Oh, wow. <laughs> is it better than this one? No. Okay. It's one of those, like, you know, cheap, like, foreign those knockoff movies. <laughs> really terrible. She finds one of John's bandages, and Catherine runs, and she drops. She's trying to get the truck started, and she drops her keys, of course. Of course. Yep. And Lady Terminator pulls her out and wants to know where John is when. 850 Termy rams into Lady Terminator with his truck. And somehow doesn't run over Brewster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Arnold, uh, Terminator picks up Catherine and finds out John's location and locks her up. She gave him up really quickly. It's John well, Brick. Yeah, she yeah. Does, he's nothing to her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, maybe what I'm you suspicious. Do. I don't know if I would. If I see a big guy coming after somebody I went to school with, I might be suspicious. <laughs> but he did steal her drugs. Yeah, that's true. Broke into her place and stole her drugs. Threatened with paint. She has a zero tolerance policy for that. <laughs> John breaks out of his cage and Lady Terminator is putting herself back together and he sees Terminator coming and Arnold says, it is time and John must live and all that. <laughs> He puts John in the truck that Kate's in and tells him to get out of there. He starts shooting the TX, and but she blasts him with her arm, her super cool arm. That was a super cool arm. I like that arm. <laughs> that one. <laughs> I've got an issue later on, but I'll bring it up when the time comes. Huh? The paramedics arrive, and Termy has no pulse, and they can't move him. <laughs> Lady Termy hacks into the police car and she hears Kate calling 911 explaining she's in the back of that truck. Yeah. We finally get to see some cell phone use in a Terminator movie. Yeah. Uh, well, it's around the right time for it. Yeah. Then the call fails and she steals a truck, but not before making all the emergency vehicles go crazy. Which I'm not sure how that works because... You can control electronics, but yeah. cars are still mechanical. We haven't gotten to the point where our electronics are interfaced with our mechanics, so you have self-driving cars, and that's the only way she'd be able to make them drive. My uh, fan wank was that maybe she kind of injected some of her liquid metal in there, so the liquid metal is moving the parts that need to be moved to uh, okay, make the cars that, drive. That's that metal kind of avium. <laughs> so Termy wakes up and steals a bike and goes after her uh, John finds out that Kate's in the back of that truck and she tries to get him to stop and they have an accident with a really obnoxious guy and he's only obnoxious to make sure that Connor looks good <laughs> I was really surprised that guy didn't get run over I was really expecting him to but he didn't 
Oh yeah, she hits this car um, <laughs> and with that truck. Yeah. yeah. The police are chasing them and stuff, and there's another. Yeah, th- th- this is a pretty good action scene. Yeah, it's yeah. a good chase. So she tries to use those cars she's controlling to stop John, but eventually the 850 gets on that the crane of the truck that she's driving. Mm-hmm. They're driving through a neighborhood. I wonder how they filmed this scene through the neighborhood. But she's trying to get rid of him on the crane, and she crashes him into a fire truck, and he takes control of the fire truck. <laughs> get out, like, like in Terminator 2. <laughs> yeah, and of course all this destruction doesn't matter because nukes are going off later in this day. There you go. Just a bit of early destruction. He rams her truck with his and jumps to uh, John's truck before it blows up. I did like that there was a bunch of practical car chases and all that in destruction in this movie. I expected expected way more CG than there was. (laughs) But we see that TX is okay. And after this, Terminator checks out John to make sure that he's okay. It's <laughs> hilarious. I love how much this Terminator yeah. just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, so much, yeah. He's oh, so definitely. much better than the Terminator in T2. Yeah. 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 And then John... I'm sorry, I know I'm bringing up a lot of negative points, but John Connor here, really stupid because he can't seem to get it that this is a different Terminator. You saw the other one melt. I guess they figured that one could have been, I don't know, sent back at a different point. I don't know. It's time yeah. yeah. He took all those neutering pills. <laughs> yeah. He's never going have children. Termi- Arnold, and Arnold does some really good deadpan work in this movie, I think, too. Yeah. I don't know, some of those deadpan lines just made me cringe. (laughs) I thought Arnold was delightful in this movie for the most part. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so it was a different T-101. He checks on Kate, who's mad. (laughs) Yeah. She's going to take him to a safe location because she must be protected. And he explains, this is another driving exposition scene. Uh, John couldn't be located, so they sent the TX back to take out his lieutenants. Um, he, John's all like, we stopped Judgment Day, it shouldn't exist, but Terminator explains they only postponed it. Judgment Day is inevitable. Mm-hmm. He needs to repair himself, and he explains all the cool stuff TX would do, and doesn't think he'll be able to stop her. She's a badass. And she's designed to be able to terminate other Terminators. It's, they anticipated that he would be there, so they designed her to be able to take out other Terminators. And he throws out his fuel cell that ruptured because it became unstable and it blows up. Did he say it's uh, got some sort of plutonium power core? Yeah, I can't remember what he says. It's like... Fusion vision. I don't know. Paying attention. Yeah, <laughs> but it's some kind they of were still weird. caught in the blast wave there. So, oh yeah, Brewster and Connor have just been irradiated. Yeah. Well, it's some kind of new clean nuke, right? Probably, yeah. Right, they have clean nuke. Yes, in the of course. But I do or like. Maybe. <laughs> I do like that. You know, that they knew that. Oh, the Rissons keep sending people back to protect John Connor. So this time they were ready for it. <laughs> so uh-huh. they made her. I, I feel like a lot of the exposition of this movie is done pretty seamlessly. I, it didn't feel clunky to me at all. 
Yeah, I think it was clunkier in the second movie, maybe. I don't know. So Clunk a bit, yeah. Um, you know, they, it could have been done better, though, but it's done well. You know, it's an improvement. Ooh. Sorry, it's just, I know. <laughs> there are some good bits about this film, but I do have a lot of problems with it. <laughs> I'll try to solve those problems one at a time. We've dealt with the self-driving cars. Let's see. We've dealt with the uh, virus getting uploaded. We'll see what's next. Uh, they stop at a gas station. Um, none of the stations are... None of the... Oh, the TV stations are working. They get some food, and Terminator gets some new sunglasses. <laughs> Gives the cashier some sass when he doesn't... <laughs> when he wants some <laughs> his money. I refuse. I love the way he's walking around picking up random crap and yeah. <laughs> I he doesn't know what human line. No, no, yeah. I should just imagine him actually scanning each thing as he looks at it, nutritional value blah blah. So he's just <laughs> grabbing whatever's got some nutrition to it. He doesn't yeah. care what it is, because he yeah. doesn't have to eat. But Will Will that, that line is no worse than the lines in T two. Right. I didn't want to say a lot of those. Remember, there was one we did. <laughs> I refused to say. <laughs> so they I, all, it it uh, did surprise me. I thought he was going to hit the guy. So, I mean, the first time I saw it, I was surprised when he just puts his hand up and says, <laughs> Talk to the hand. <laughs> well, well, it doesn't matter. This guy's going to be dead in a few hours. There you go. So soon he will talk to the hand of God. Uh, That's right. <laughs> Uh, Kate tries to get free, and the cashier guy calls the police before they leave. So <laughs> I love the way she leaps out, and he just not even—he's—he doesn't even look surprised or anything. He just grabs her, puts her back in, shuts <laughs> the door. <laughs> John and Kate are chatting in the back. Uh, they tell her who John is and who the ter- what the Terminator is, but she doesn't um, believe it. She thinks they're crazy. It's John and Kate. John and Kate plus eight plus T eight fifty. John and Kate plus T eight fifty. Oh yeah, this is where we find out where um, he disappeared the day after um, the uh, The makeout session. (laughs) It's weird that I don't know that John Connor in Terminator Two. It's hard to imagine him making out with somebody. He doesn't (laughs) see anyway. <laughs> seems kind of just too much of so annoying. Seems like the place that kids get drunk and <clears throat> make poor decisions. Yeah. Kate's fiance wakes up and TX is sitting on his bed, creepy. <laughs> <laughs> or no, maybe not creepy. I don't know. <laughs> uh, she takes his identity, and I guess we presume she kills. You hear a sound of a chainsaw in this, and yeah. it's just yeah. So you decide to Wait, use it so that's creepy. <laughs> it's it's uh, of all the ways you could have killed him. That's the foreshadowing for. I don't think they've revealed her little saw arm yet. So it's no, like, but he's actually he's actually a nice creepy moment though because yeah. it's yeah she it, has it, to she has to saw off his uh, skin so she can like wear it as a disguise or something. Yeah. Except I guess she doesn't. But <laughs> no, I like think that she does. <laughs> so some detectives arrive looking for Kate. TX says that uh, he or she 
will help him find him, help her, <laughs> help them find her. Yeah, in this persona, this actor actually does a really good job here, I think. Yeah. He, he's got that nice level of creep to him. I meant to look up who he is, but I forgot to do that. Sure, he's been in a lot of stuff. So, Termy, John, and Kate arrive at a mausoleum. They go to Sarah Connor, Sarah, Sarah Connor's coffin. <laughs> but it's filled with weapons, and John never knew yeah, what it happened to her. She was cremated in Mexico, and her ashes were spread. And she I was, I was so sad that she wasn't in this movie. Yeah. She, she was my, probably my, one of my favorite parts, besides Kyle, besides Kyle Reese, yeah. of the first two movies. Um, yeah, it just felt, it just, it really felt. There, like there was something lacking. I mean, yeah. Yeah. they tried to, you know, get Kate Brewster into some action scenes, but it just doesn't feel the same. It's not the same, no. But I do like how she had this contingency plan. That's very Sarah Connor. <laughs> yeah. Very Sarah Connor. Yeah. So I guess they... Uh, I don't think this is the only uh, drop point either. I but like... She's got uh, based all over the place. Probably. I like, I like John's statement at that point that, oh, I guess my mom didn't really believe uh, <laughs> that we stopped Judgment Day either. She yeah. got all these weapons, yeah. Because she died from leukemia in 97, living just long enough to make sure Judgment Day didn't happen. Yeah. And yeah, this is where Kate grabs that gun and shoots the Terminator. He catches it in his teeth like Bruce Leroy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he caught it. I think it went into the back of his throat and then oh. he worked, worked it up to his back up to his teeth. Okay, well, I'm just going to say he caught it in his teeth. That's <laughs> <laughs> my cat. So the cops arrive and they use tear gas. Termi and John escape. I didn't see Kate. What happened? What she ran so the chase ran out immediately. Yeah, ran out immediately. Yeah, yeah. Ran out immediately. And she's lucky she wasn't them. gunned down like uh, Miles Dyson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these cops are a little bit more cautious. <laughs> she gets counseling from Doctor Silverman. Yeah, he's great, but just just but just shoehorning him in there, it's just you know again, it's yeah. this movie being so self-aware to the point where they're just like shoving him. Look, it's Doctor Silverman. You know? uh, it makes sense to have him yeah. again. It feels right, and it was but just enough. But why would he be there with the cops? Like, That's I what I'm wondering. Why the fuck is he here? It'd be okay if um, he took her He's yeah, exactly. Negotiation. That's exactly. He's a psychologist. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah. It would, it would have felt more natural if they took her away. And That's yeah. Like if. Yes, but then you don't get the bit where he sees Tommy and does freaks the hell out. <laughs> they can yeah, still he, do that. That's the right thing. He actually he's smart here. He runs away. <laughs> he knows what the term. Kirby is all about it. Just, yeah. But yeah, it's just it's it, it, it's so quick. It doesn't really serve much of a purpose. Like you could lift it right out and not lose anything. Yeah, the movie's a little better now that we talk about it. It's a little bit better, but still. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was great. <laughs> At some point, John was whining, and Terminator gets some mad. Just basic psychology. Yeah. I love that yeah. too. I love that too. <laughs> the, this, You're right. this John is still <laughs> stuck in teenage mode, really. Yeah, well, yeah, to a degree, right. Yeah, absolutely. He hasn't He's grown a up at all. 
He, he's, he, he, it seems like the death of his mom basically kind of broke him. See, seven years before his mom died. Yeah. Mm, excuse me. But, uh, but yeah, I really like that when he, when he, uh, <laughs> when he says, yeah, you're not the one I, I, yes, you're not the one I want. And then he like picks him up by the neck and stuff. And John's I, like, I love how this Terminator takes no bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I love. I also love the way. I mean, uh, John. You know, once he's got him by the neck, he actually he doesn't just roll over. He's like, what does he say? Uh, fuck you, doesn't he? Yeah, fucking like machine. Yeah. <laughs> and and he goes better. <laughs> <laughs> you were dicking with me. <laughs> yes, basic psychology. <laughs> Which means other Terminators must be doing the reverse, taking someone's anger and turning it into fear. Yeah, that makes sense. He's like, man, my pet robot's a bastard. (laughs) (laughs) So those two detectives with TX tell uh, him, it's confusing, it's a... (laughs) Tell him where Kate is, and he puts his hand through one of the cops' chests and starts driving the car. That was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Again, some of your um, nanobots must be involved here because how is that possible? You've just killed the guy that's actually got his foot on the um, on the pedal. Yeah. So like the, just, the car would just you know stop. He has a left yeah. foot, so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, same thing with the other vehicles, or some of her little liquid metal nanomachines went in there and did their trick. Uh, yeah, so Doctor Silverman, blah blah blah, and <laughs> yeah, he knows what he knows. Yeah, traumatic situations, and then turn. Part, part of me, part of me wants Doctor Silverman to survive Judgment Day just so that you'd get, <laughs> you'd get a rambling Silverman sometime down the road. <laughs> If, uh, maybe he'll be in Terminator Salvation. Maybe. Well, Termi comes out with a coffin, and police start just shooting everything. And Silverman sees him, and he gets the fuck out of there. <laughs> I, lo- I love the way the cops say, "Put down the gun and the coffin." Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he starts black. Termi starts blasting, and no humans are killed, of course. Yeah. Of course. And. Yeah, they're getting ready to leave, but they need to get Catherine back because she has military contacts. And then we, this is where we find out that yeah, she and John get married in the future and have children. So I guess he didn't do it himself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Kate sees her fiancé, who's really the TX, and he turns it back into lady form, and she freaks out. <laughs> and this is when Termy drives up and blasts the hell out of her with that rocket launcher. Yep. And Kyle says, "Get in. You want to live? Come on. This is as close as we get it to come with me. If you want to live, I thought I'm it glad, was. I'm glad they didn't do it. Uh, I thought it was uh, yeah, in every me movie. But me too. I'm glad they didn't exactly repeat that one for some reason. It would have been too. I don't too know. Bad. I kind of would. I kind of like. It's. Yeah, I would have been fine with it just because. Just because it would have been coming it. from John Connor. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but in a movie that's already hit so many other past things on the nose. Yeah, and that's and therein lies the problem. There's like the movie later, hadn't yeah. been so painfully self-aware by this point, and it would have it would have gone over great. Yeah, just that one callback would be brilliant. Mm-hmm. So they take off, and Lady Terminator gives chase. Okay, yeah, 
Arnold bluntly tells her that her fiance is dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, T.S. does this really awesome leap into a truck. I think this was in all the trailers or <laughs> when she leaps onto the truck like that. Yeah, that's something yeah. that, like, Jonathan Mostow does a lot in surrogates. There's, like, robots, like, leaping onto cars and stuff in that movie. It's, like, crazy. <laughs> I think I've seen it once, but is that with Bruce Willis? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really remember much about it. So she cuts through the hood, but before she can get to John, Termy knocks her off by driving under an 18-wheeler. And <laughs> this was when they were in the hearse, right? Yeah. 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 Her vehicle gets ruined. Yeah, there are a couple of times when the, when the like, again, this, this goes back, I was saying, like, this movie's a, a little too silly for my taste. Like, the sound design, there are a couple of times where they, they, they it's almost cartoony. Like when when you know the Terminator gets like you know hit or knocked off something, they make they like to really sort of hit home the fact that it's a it's a robot, you know. So it'll like it'll hit something, it'll be like clang, you know. Oh my god, the the sounds for the explosions and the flamethrowers they they use oh, explosions. They use. Cats. I was about to bring up the flamethrower. Well, the flamethrower they use like a generic monster sound. And why is a flamethrower the second most efficient weapon after your pulse weapon? What do you mean? It should be worse or better? Well, there should be something in between, you know, pulse plasma gun and a flamethrower, I think. Mm. She did have a list. I didn't slow it down to see what other weapons she had, but yeah, the flamethrower doesn't have range, but... It could be that some of the other weapons were messed up, too, when that rocket hit her arm, though. Maybe. Maybe, but, you know, she, she could have still had a better weapon there. Just play so more, Here's just, a better question. Where does she store all that gas to make those flames? I was going to bring that up as well. <laughs> well, well. I was, I was going to bring that up as well. My theory is that maybe she just has to eat a lot of burritos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chili. <laughs> oh, she can inflate herself. So. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's where it is. It's, it's in the boobs. <laughs> that's efficient. She, she stores it in her robotic colon. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Oh, in terms of sound as well, the music is just generic um, action. I didn't even notice the music. Oh, just, really the music the was two. completely forgettable. Yeah. The music, uh, we used a lot of this music in some of our like homemade action movies that my brother and I did, and now I'm so used to hearing it there that it sounds weird in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just picturing my own movies. <laughs> I'm going to have to post those in the Facebook group. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for the past two films, you've had some really iconic music, and... Now, apart from the end credits, yeah. it just feels bland and forgettable. Mm-hmm. Next time I watch this, I'm going to put on the last Dragon soundtrack and see if that makes it better. <laughs> Do it. I didn't really notice any difference between the music in this movie and the other movies, except for the first movie, which is super techno. Yeah, so she's damaged Lady Terminator, and the truck driver sees her, freaks out, she's doing a flamethrower <laughs> thing. Our heroes stop for a minute. Kate is upset, but they gotta keep going. She finds out that Papa Brewster is also on the hit list. She's the director of CRS. And Skynet's one of the things he's working on, so. CRS? Can't remember shit? <laughs> yeah, cause I can't remember what it stands <laughs> for. Um, 
cybernetic research something, I think. Yeah. John and Kate want to go get Papa Brewster, but Termy wants to keep him safe because that first nuclear launch is going to happen in three hours. He wants to get them to Mexico. John puts... I was going to say, incidentally, I think this is the one scene of the entire movie where a character... And I think it's John uses the word terminatrix, which yeah. was yeah, I hate that word. Awful. Yeah, <laughs> it's awful. Awful. And yeah, that's, that's the one thing the I really promotion. don't like. Yeah, it was it was in the promotion a lot. I'm uh-huh. glad well, yeah, it was not like, in the movie very much. You know, oh, she's I wish she's a woman. She's like a dominatrix, but also because the Matrix was well, was big at the time, so everything was was oh, Matrix sounding yeah. and, and cool. Yeah. I mean, there was even a car called a Matrix, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably my the thing I did like the least about this movie is that they use that word at all. But at least mm-hmm. they only use it the one time. <laughs> I will say um, one thing I do like about this movie is is the the hard time clock that they put on everything. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. hard. Yeah. Like, we, yeah, we, we, almost, almost in real time, we have to like you know get to the end of this movie. That's true. Yeah, yeah you've got three hours, less than three hours. That's really yeah. harsh of the yeah. Terminator. It's like, oh hey, it Judgment Day's today. By the way, what you couldn't have come yesterday <laughs> at least. <laughs> not, not only is it today, it's 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 like, you won't have time to watch Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> the extended edition, definitely. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess because maybe the TX could have stopped him if he came too early. Uh, it could be. That's true. His primary objective isn't to stop anything. He's just trying to get them to safety so they won't be uh, destroyed in the blast, I guess. Yeah, he's just trying to keep them alive. Yeah, well, I think that was always a question people had. How did John Connor survive Judgment Day? And also, why did uh, why did the TX go back with only one day to spare when she had like 20 lieutenants to kill? It, she's going to oh, get them all yeah. in one day? What if since somebody wasn't home? <laughs> She's very efficient. <laughs> well, as as we've seen throughout the course of these movies, Skynet's actually really bad at its one. Like, you had one job, Skynet. They <laughs> <laughs> were up there, algorithms. <laughs> yeah, so John puts a gun to his head, but Terminator calls his bluff. And takes, I like that, too. Yeah. I, li- I like that he calls his bluff because I was totally believing him. I was like, I think he's crazy enough to do it. <laughs> but, John Connor is a pussy at this point. <laughs> uh, and I tell- like the way he says he's not he's not programmed to follow his orders either. I like that. <laughs> and then yeah, the, but, re- the later reveal, yeah. Yeah, Kate tells him to go save her father. He's like, okay, we can get, we can get there in about an hour. <laughs> yeah, no uh, clicks at that point. Oh, see the one who can give him orders but because yeah. it's done so subtly yeah and I like the gradual reveal on why that is too yeah I thought that was a neat twist oh you you mean uh, because this Terminator actually killed John Connor <laughs> yes and that's how they yeah. killed this Terminator because of John Connor's um, familial reaction to his model line which I really find John Connor's meant to be leading this resistance Yet he's going to make that kind of mistake. How does Skynet know? Oh, because they sent yeah. that previous Terminator back. Oh, maybe I don't know. Wait, how would it's they know? Vague, yeah. But I do like that twist. That's a great twist that we reveal that John Connor has actually been killed in the future. 
buy this Terminator specifically. As I said, I'd buy it only if it was this version of John Connor. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't see him as an effective leader. I I still see him as more of an effective leader than whiny John Connor from Terminator 2. (laughs) Yeah, but in his defense, like, he was a, you know, 10-year-old kid at the time, so... Yeah, I could see him. He's still got enough time to grow up. This guy, he's in his early 20s. He should already be most of the way there. Well, I also never understood, really, John Connor as a whole. Like, how is he better at killing... Terminators and leading the resistance like he's had one encounter with the Terminator like in it, I don't even know if he had any in the original time what an account what an encounter <laughs> yeah but I mean yeah. what's he gonna tell people and how to how's he gonna lead their resistance like okay uh, shoot them a lot <laughs> like well, what, they, what tactics they, they, they ask and answer these questions in the next movie so Okay. Uh, really? Yes. Oh, uh, they also ask these questions during the series. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Uh, uh, yeah, you'll see. I'm not going to give any spoilers, yeah. but they do no. raise these questions. That's true. Yeah, we can. Uh, we when we're watching Sarah Connor Chronicles, we can try to imagine that maybe these are some of the things that John, this John Connor, would have experienced before his uh, mother died in this particular timeline. So. We'll just have to imagine that he's he's been trained pretty well by his mother and by other people, but he's just kind of a broken man at this point because of, uh, I guess, life's gotten down. <laughs> so we find out that Skynet's already taking control of global communication. Now, this is where Terminators, you know, doesn't really care if he's successful. Well, he doesn't really care about them. He's just doesn't want to his yes ah can't speak he doesn't want to become useless so that's why he wants his mission to be successful i guess yeah, he's not lame uncle bob who loves john connor yeah. damn right <laughs> oh and we also get a bit of information that he killed john connor in 32 yeah rather yeah. Than, so the the end of the war's been pushed back a few years as well rather than ending in 2029 it's now ending in 2032 yeah if, it, makes even, sense. if it even ended that's yeah, true we don't even know what the war is yeah exactly because uh, I really do believe the machines would win in this version could be that that would explain some things in Sarah Connor Chronicles but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it yeah my theories really do extend all the way through Sarah Connor Chronicles <laughs> So Kate had this Terminator reprogrammed. This is where she was doing those Claire Danes facial expressions that I'm familiar with from <laughs> Homeland. Uh, she finds out that she married John and also that Termi was sent back because John was dead and he killed John, this Terminator. Yeah, well, John here says, no, don't tell me. I don't think I want to know. And then she says, how does he die? Yeah. Really yeah. easily. And just, you put me through all of this today. Yeah. Not time for some revenge. Yeah, I thought that was great too. Next, we see Popper Brewster talking about the issues they're having because of that virus, and one of them is a chubbier Chris Hardwick. I was waiting for somebody to mention this. Oh, yep. Yeah. From Talking Dead, really? Or, or, yeah. as, or as Chris Hardwick likes to say, my, my drunk brother Peter. Yeah, he was <laughs> heavy in the alcohol back in those days. Oh. Um. Completely forgot that was Chris Hardwick. (laughs) (laughs) 
So one of the machines they're working on looks kind of familiar. It's flying around there. And uh-huh. See the words "terminated" pop up on the screen. It's a little mini HK. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Like but it's all CG. <laughs> yeah, we get a close-up of this um, HK later on, and they're giving it book teeth. What? <laughs> the lights, the position they put the lights in, it looks like book teeth. <laughs> I didn't notice. Uh, I didn't notice that. <laughs> John is telling Kate that the future they heard about isn't going to happen. They're going to stop it. They can go their separate ways. And they talk about the basement again because it was her first kiss. And Termy likes their levity. I, I love this quote. Should I go ahead and say it or are we saving it for Save it. Uh, yeah. Save it. Okay. So, Papa Brewster doesn't want to use Skynet because Skynet would be in complete control, but he doesn't really have a choice. <laughs> He's it's promised a promotion or something. Yeah, I don't think he cares. He's just kind of worried about what would happen, what could happen. Yeah. See TX looking at machines and she activates them. She's looking at him. Yeah, I like, think this whole thing follows upon your theory earlier that part of the reason she's actually here on this base is to ensure Skynet uh, comes to fruition. Yep, yep. She's basically reprogramming all the um, hardware whilst um, Skynet, you know, actually does what it does on the software front. Mm-hmm. Popper Brewster activates Skynet. Didn't take long for the shit to hit the fan. <laughs> Everything starts going crazy right away. So then we see TX disguises Kate come in and what Termi shoots her and then she maybe Termi shoots Papa Brewster. Right, and they completely skip over how our heroes get onto this top secret base. Yeah. Maybe. And if they had just spent 30 less seconds arguing before uh, by the RV before they decided to go, this the entire war could have been averted. <laughs> yeah. They basically arrive like 30 seconds after Skynet is activated. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they got on when their all their systems like shut down for a little while. Mm. Probably none of their uh, security stuff is actually working right now. Except for, you know, actual um, guys. However, they would still get there when uh, the TX had reprogram all the um, drones, so there'd still be that problem. Yeah, they can handle it. Lady Termy goes away. John wants to shut down Skynet. This is where he explains that Skynet is the virus. It's, yep. You become self-aware. I think Lady Termy <laughs> said that. Uh, the machines come out and start shooting up everything. They need to try to get to Papa Brewster's office so they can shut down Skynet. And Termy starts shooting the machine. Oh, he takes out two of those things. This was a pretty cool scene. Popper Brewster. Oh, those machines are just shooting everybody. I guess, did we see Chris Hartwood get shot? Or do we just assume he died or did he get away? I don't remember. We saw I didn't really know. <laughs> he probably died. Yeah, he probably just Seemed like died. everybody got shot. <laughs> don't worry, baby. I didn't touch this with my bare hands at all. Mm-hmm. One of the cookies is That's finished. I'm about to fight it. Tastes <laughs> like the tears of small children. Well, frightened children. Yeah, uh, yes, I He's good. Where <laughs> 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 you putting your cookies? Mm. There's no way I'll tell on you. <laughs> These cookies are good, yo. Much better than being eaten by monsters. 
Actually, like children in spite of what I say. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I actually like children in cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I like them in meat pies. Like, <laughs> like Squinny Todd. <laughs> so Papa Brewster tells him to get to Crystal Peak is their only chance, and they they need to take the plane there. So yeah, so some machine attacks and Papa Brewster dies. So they're all leaving and they run into TX. He fights her hand to hand because he's out of bullets. It's a pretty cool this. fight. I love this fight. It's I think it's way better than the T1000 T2 fight. Yeah, it is. It's um, a great toilet. It, it feels really physical. Yeah, I love I love when he slams her on the tiles and he steps on her face and her feet fly uh, up. And yeah. The only part I don't but, like is when she grabs his crotch and they gotta make it. Yeah, I was gonna say that's the one problem in it. I, I think the problem is it's not that she grabs his crotch, it's that he makes a face. Yeah. He's yeah. He, it's that he reacts at all react. to it, like it matters. She's trying to get his reset button. Oh, that's where it is. <laughs> that's where most men's reset buttons are. <laughs> you hold it in for, for like five or ten seconds, that's the full system restart. Give it him a prostate exam. But yeah, that's something that um, that this film and the series I think does really well is is like you really feel the the impact and the weight of these machines, and so they're just like throwing each other through walls and shit. <laughs> oh, there's it, it, one. It's two machines fighting. I love he just like uh, dunks her head into the toilet, and the toilet just explodes. Even before the main bit of the fight begins, and Tommy has mapped um, the TX with the fire extinguisher thing, oh, yeah. they just look at one another, but they both do the same head tilt. This is where her head twists around. Her, her body, yeah, yeah. yeah. But eventually, she stomps his head part of the way off, almost all the way yeah. off, and gains control of him. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense that she would do too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They said that I also up think in the movie. she doesn't just do that. I think she actually uploads a bit of information to try and find out what you know uh, Connor and Brewster are planning. That could be. Yeah, uh, makes sense. Because otherwise, how would she know where to go in the end? How does she know to take that helicopter to the where they're heading? She's got to get that information from somewhere. Yeah, think yep. about that. Yeah. John and Kate are trying to get away, and there's some flying machine shows up, and Kate goes. John and Kate plus eight. Yeah, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Again? It was just sitting there. (laughs) (laughs) Although somehow John Connor knows. Oh, we haven't got to that part yet. Sorry. Her bad acidness (laughs) reminds John of his mother. (laughs) Which is disturbing. She's not. Yeah, a little creepy, but I like it. Yeah. Your future wife reminds you of your mother. Don't we all marry our mothers on some level? <laughs> um, isn't, that, isn't that what they always say? If you're a the, boy, you marry your mom. If you're a girl, you marry your dad or something. Yeah. So, I don't think that's true, though. <laughs> and this is the scene where you get the hunter killer with buck teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a British hunter killer. Well, I, um, yes, I, I, my teeth aren't great, but not all British people are bad teeth. <laughs> <laughs> so the TX is coming after them, and John powers up the particle accelerator. 
Yeah, how does he know how to do that? He's a genius. So there's probably just some... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to try to... Okay. When did um, the Connors pay a visit to Switzerland and CERN? <laughs> yeah, she's chasing after them, shooting fire, but eventually she gets stuck and they run away. What? <laughs> um, apparently somebody might have taken the toilet paper out of the bathroom and forgotten to put it back. And oh no. Somebody needed it. It was the dog. <laughs> you don't need it, babe. You've got a B-Day. Okay. <laughs> so Ter- uh, Termy gets his head put back on and Lady Termy gets unstuck. Egg. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, Kate and John make it to the plane. Apparently she trained on the plane, which is very convenient. <laughs> I love the way she says that right as they get to the plane. I can fly this! I trained on it! <laughs> so, why, yeah, like, what was their so, plan before? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she just didn't say anything, but that was a plan anyway. That was, that was probably... Obviously, I'm, I'm guessing it was, it was like a, like a, you know... A studio note or a or a something from a, a screen test or something, you know. Oh yeah. We gotta yeah. tell people that she knows yeah, how to like, fly the plane. Well she yeah, can just fly that plane. <laughs> right. Uh, and that's the only inconsistent plot point your audience brings up. <laughs> yep, that's right. That's the only one. <laughs> so it's a woman doing it, so of course. Yeah. People are gonna question it. Yeah, I went there. <laughs> <laughs> Termy shows up and he's telling them to get away from him and the plane won't start. She has the worst luck getting vehicles to start. Mm-hmm. So Termy pulls out John and tells him that TX has corrupted his system. His CPU is intact but he can't control his other functions so I don't know. Uh, there's too that much... Uh, make sense. <laughs> there's so much throwing uh, Terminator's throwing people when there should be more neck snapping. <laughs> <laughs> They that's just, a, like, throw people that, across the room when they should just grab them and go... Sh- <laughs> that's kind of a thing that, that's that's happened in in, uh, in most of these movies. Um, but it's, yeah, it's really bad here and in the next one. <laughs> yeah, whenever Maybe. a Terminator gets up close to somebody, they're like, uh, I'm going to throw you over there. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise the movie would be over. <laughs> yeah. Well, earlier I've got in the movie, uh, intimate knowledge of human anatomy, and yet I can't use it. <laughs> Well, earlier in the movie, I know uh, the the TX throws Claire Danes because she's not her primary target at that time. She knows John Connor's right over over yonder, so that doesn't. But being really that it's a Terminator, you think it wouldn't matter? Like she would like, I'll just kill this thing because it's here. It's in my way, you know. Like that's somebody that gets snapped well. earlier, though. You know. Hmm. Just get him later. <laughs> I mean, look at look at like the Terminator in the first film, like you know. You know, Bill Paxton just gets in front of him and he just like you know runs his yeah. arm right through him. So yeah, but it it all has to do with uh, you know how I guess in what way it's being obstructed from its primary mission. And when her mission parameters changed to she's located John Connor, everything else became less important than that. So until she kills John Connor. Seemed to me like uh, it made sense that she would just toss Claire Danes off and immediately go after John Connor and try to kill him, and worry about killing Claire Danes later. 
<laughs> I don't know. I, I, I would think given given what we've seen these Terminators, how we've seen these Terminators behave in the past, like uh, or even in this film. Sure. <laughs> you know, it's just she's got a list of targets. She's gone down the list, and then all of a sudden, I've got a higher target. But she's you still on the spare. list. <laughs> yes, you're still on the list, but I'll spare you anyway. Well, I should you really spare threw her pretty hard. Carrie Matheson, yeah. that's her name on Homeland. I was, it was bugging me, I can't remember it. <laughs> I think we're trying to talk around this scene where somehow or another Termi shuts himself down. Yeah. Yeah, he, um, John reminds him what his mission is, and he starts smashing that car and shuts himself down. I like the down. way he says, you are about to fail. <laughs> I got to say, I do really like... Uh, Arnold's performance in this scene. Yeah, me too. I kind of like. I just, you know, a lot of people, you know, don't give the guy enough credit. And, and I think, you know, when given, when given the right direction and given the right material, like Arnold's a pretty good actor. But people sort know, of just, really, people just really sort of dismiss him because he has a funny accent, you know. <laughs> I feel like his work in this movie was better than his work in the previous two, at least as an actor. I agree. Yeah. The concept of this scene here doesn't quite work, but his portrayal of it sells yeah. it in some ways. Yeah. 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 All you got to do is mash up a car a whole bunch, and then you can shut yourself down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have a new... Sorry. I figured... Yeah, this Matt's this feedback. I figured that was coming to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, the T... Oh, wait, where am I? Where... Okay, they get on the... Okay, yep. so they get on the plane and head to Crystal Peak. Yep, yep. And they say if they can't stop Skynet, they're going to use their C4 to take out the computers. Yep. And Termi wakes up, and yeah, then Kate and John arrive at Crystal Peak, soon followed by TX, soon followed by <laughs> Termi, who both crash <laughs> helicopters. It's <laughs> just... <laughs> The whole film has been, how can we win up the last films? How can we win up the last films? And in this final scene, how can we win up ourselves? Okay, right. Uh, There's such particular destruction in this film. It's crazy. It's basically, Connors will land in a plane, then the TX will crash in in a bigger helicopter, and then Termi will crash in in an even bigger helicopter. Yep, yep. It's just that was great. Yeah. <laughs> After this, yeah, Termi holds up the blast door while John and Kate get inside, and yep, yep. then he holds up Lady Termi, who's trying to get past them. And yeah, yep. another reference to the very first film, where you know Sarah Connor's trying to crawl away from the first Terminator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's malfunctioning, isn't she, at this point? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She, well, she... I thought she started turning She's liquid. growling like a, um... You know, from, um, Jurassic Park for some yeah. reason. Screeching and... He she called. doesn't have lips anymore. She doesn't have liquid metal lips anymore. It's <laughs> just redonda endoskeleton. So he causes her to explode. I guess he ruptures her thingamajiggy. No, no, he pulls out his other power cell, okay. which was established yeah, earlier in the does. movie, and he shoves it in her mouth and says, you're terminated. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think I'm not paying attention to this one. 
this yeah. this whole thing bothers me because she like she she basically reacts to the whole thing as if she's like an animal or a person and she's oh, neither. Yeah, yeah, very animalistic. And, yeah, and she's like making faces and screaming, and it's like you're a robot. What do you? What's happening? Yeah, <laughs> it's really weird. Plus the fact now half the mountains collapsed down on the entrance to this bunker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How do they lead a resistance stuck in a bunker? There's a back door. There's a, there's a screen there's door. Right? A, yeah, there's always a back door, I suppose. There's a creaky screen door. Oh, probably is. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a... It's a... It's beads. It's a curtain of beads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I think maybe I mentioned it on this show, but there's a restaurant here called The Screen Door. No, I want to go so bad. We were supposed to go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a southern food restaurant. Oh, it would have to be with a name like that. Like a big slab of fried chicken. Somebody was posting pictures of fried chicken <laughs> earlier that made me so hungry. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. It's the food that I don't eat anymore because I'm trying to be healthy. Anyway. Just go low carb, then you can have lots of fried chicken. Yeah. Mm. With no uh, no no stuff on the outside, though. you got to take that stuff off there. Oh, that's good, though. The skin. <laughs> just, or just, you know, work out for like most of the week and then pick like Sunday and that'll be your cheat day and then just eat whatever the hell you want. Uh, Actually, Will, if you do want to go low carb, uh, the way to do fried chicken is you fry it up in uh, uh, crunched up pork rinds. It makes a really good fried chicken coating. And wow. No, no carbs. Yeah. Hmm. You have to try that. It's super good. <laughs> so, so John and Kate <laughs> have some fried chicken together. Now they get to where they're yeah. going and realize this. It's not what they thought it was. It's really a fallout shelter <laughs> with old computers. Yeah. I like their old '80s computers in there. Right, yeah. yeah. And there's a pedestal all set up with cameras so that John Connor can make speeches and lead the resistance. <laughs> I don't yeah. think I don't think they'd probably be in working order, but. <laughs> this is probably that set up there for the oh sure pre- president yeah, yeah of course yeah. but that's kind of the impression you're left with yeah mm. I don't know I never really thought about that honestly no I doubt he'd know how to broadcast the television maybe the radio work but he's <laughs> off the grid he doesn't know how to use it <laughs> I haven't used Kate the will TV do Kate will do all that stuff it was more that more that ADR that's you know they're like yeah I know how to do this. So they were led there to survive Judgment Day. There was never any stopping it. Yep. As Kate yeah. says, that maybe they should just let it go. <laughs> now, here's, yeah, here's one of the thinking of the Disney song, hearing that. Yeah. Now, here's a here's a nitpick that I have with this scene. Um, I, I want to say that it's John that says, well, it's either John or Claire that says that it was the Terminator that led them to Crystal Peak because yeah, he knew it was Judgment Day. Well, that's not true. It was her father that told them to go to Crystal Peak. Yeah, I was trying to rationalize that by saying that the Terminator did agree and say he was taking them there. He didn't know what the place was. I think the Terminator, the Terminator probably did know what it was, but but he, it wasn't his idea. <laughs> he heard Peak and thought, yes, that will work. That will yep. fulfill my Yep. And I like that uh, Papa Brewster 
if you look at the scene, he never actually says that, yeah, you, you can take these codes and shut down Skynet yeah. there. He just says it's your only chance. Only chance yeah. Codes, yeah. And the codes open the door, and then they're in, and then they survive. I like that. I like I this. Actually, I actually kind of liked Nick Stahl in the scene. Yeah. yeah, he played it well, I think. Yeah. So they start hearing some messages from other people, and John answers... There's something going on, and he says he's in charge there. <laughs> yeah, I guess I am. <laughs> I remember when I first saw this movie, I really hated this next part because I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> That's I why really I was seeing lo- the next one. I really loved this next part because I wasn't expecting it. In spite of the narration at the beginning of the movie, I did not expect that 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 judgment day was actually going to happen. Yeah, and I hated yeah. that it actually did happen. But now I'm I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. But he is like. Yeah, he explains that Skynet spread all over the place. It was software. There was no core. Yeah. However, there had to be a core, otherwise it wouldn't survive the EM fallout from all those nuclear explosions. Aren't they going to have to stay in there for like 50 years, though, if there's fallout, nuclear fallout? Or hundreds? I don't know. I don't know. I thought... Yeah, that, that's always been a problem, though, with the whole thing, because... Yeah. They've always said there was this nuclear war, 300, sorry, 3 million people died instantly, mm-hmm. and yet the war was able to be fought almost straight away. Well, I don't know about straight away, but... <laughs> a little way. See, <laughs> perhaps, perhaps Skynet figured out a way to clean up all the radiation straight away, because it yeah, knew as soon as the radiation was cleared, it could actually... Mm-hmm. We're talking about a future that involves time traveling robots, so. Yeah. <laughs> How long was this war anyway? I guess. It's, it's meant to be around 30 years or so, roughly, because this time it goes from 2003 to 2032. Two is when Connor gets killed, yeah. Originally, it's meant to go from 2007 to 2029. Mm hmm. Um. I hope there are a lot of board games down in that bunker. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe Only Skynet those computers work, yeah. Well, probably lots of VHS videotapes and stuff. Play solitaire for 30 years. <laughs> Minesweeper. <laughs> like the, the greatest collection of classic porn, but it's all in Betamax, so they can't watch it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I guess uh, radioactivity might... Um, uh, might be detrimental to the machines too so yeah maybe Skynet found a way of cleaning things up yeah judgment day happened exactly like Termi said it would there is never going to be any they're never going to stop the fighting and he says the battle has just begun we see Mm -hmm. a Terminator head and I kind of like I mean okay they can't stop judgment day but I kind of like that it means really neither side can cheat it means ultimately you gotta beat them in a straight up fight, and eventually, you know, humanity's gonna do that, right? That just that, that irks me though, because it's like it's saying like, oh, well, it's like, you know, there's no, like, the, this is a thing that's gonna happen no matter what. It's like, well, then why are we even fighting if if we're also going to win? I wouldn't mind that as much if they had actually fought a bit in this film. They just gave in. Yeah. <laughs> if they, they fought, they tried <laughs> properly to actually try and stop it in this film I would have had a better reaction to it 
who it's just like why why are why are we even like fighting and sending why are we sending machines back in time if everything's already you know predetermined well it's not predetermined well this is a thing previous versions have really been that you know things can change and we do get different versions yeah different day has been postponed it did didn't happen the way it was originally happening. So, yeah. for one thing, the Skynet they're fighting now in this war is a completely different Skynet to the one they originally fought. Yeah, I yeah. guess. So I guess there's things are still up in the air that like you know they, yeah. like like we I mean, could win, the- they could win. I just don't. I just there's something about like like at the at the center of it that feels like an insult to the franchise itself that that just makes me uncomfortable. I totally don't feel that way. <laughs> I'm going to have to hear what you think about the uh, Sarah Connor Chronicles when that comes along and however that deals with it. Have you seen the Sarah Connor Chronicles? Oh, I have. Uh, uh, myself, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you see? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, I love it, so. Weird. Yeah. I'm complex. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was the end of the movie. I saw there was a song on the soundtrack called Hooked on Multiphonics. That was kind of, <laughs> kind of fit with the, some of the cheesiness of the movie. But anyway. There's no cheesiness. Okay, um, I haven't gone into it yet, but I basically see there's one major difference between this timeline and the Sarah Connor Chronicles timeline. And it's, yeah. something, it's something that happens outside of time travel. It's a major difference between the two universes that happens um, in one universe and doesn't happen in the other. I think I know what you're talking about, but yeah, I we'll have to that. save that for later. Yeah. Oh, definitely save it for later. Yeah. And it's a key difference which makes all the difference. Hmm. So, I think it was Robin sent me this link. 15 things you probably didn't know about Terminator 3. Oh. If I had been prepared, I would have read this ahead of time, but I didn't. I haven't read it yet. Oh. When I I opened up the link on the side, there's an article, 10 regional foods you shouldn't, you should try, and it's fried oysters is the picture. (laughs) I'm so hungry. I didn't get to eat eat dinner before we started recording. Number one was Arnold was paid $29.25 million. We knew that. Number two, he had extensive demands. Uh, one and a half million should be set aside for private jets, a fully equipped <laughs> gym, deluxe hotels, limousines, personal bodyguards. <laughs> and I'm about to be governor of California, so pretty soon I'm going to be running all this. So, give me it all. And he wanted 20% growth on ticket sales, DVDs, TV rights, game licensing, and in-flight movie licensing. Well, yeah, I mean, at the time, he was, he was like, I'm done with movies. Like, so, you know, he wanted to, like, he wanted to clean up. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think they got their money's worth. He did a good job. Yeah. And number three was James Handel, uh, James Hamilton, <laughs> sorry, James Cameron and Lyndall Hamilton didn't return. <laughs> James Cameron felt that he had told the entire story of the first two movies, and Lyndall Hamilton said... 
I knew my character art was so complete in the first two. In the third, yeah, the original they were going to have her barely in it. She died halfway through and there was no time to mourn her. It was kind of disposable, so I said no thank you. <laughs> yep. Actually, probably it was that because there were because they were exes at this point, each one was afraid the other might be on the movie and they didn't want to you know, be near each other, so they probably avoided it for that reason. Uh, number four was they used a lot of practical effects. Uh, there were CG shots of the Terminator in the film. All of the T-1 robots were fully functional robots. Cool. Yeah, you can tell that. There were a lot of costume changes. It's number five. <laughs> the <That's- laughs> Is that even is that even like a thing thing that's you know, like that's that's called wow movies. costume changes? <laughs> there were five separate prototypes made for the TX before her final red leather costume was okay. Number six is the script was kept under wraps. Nick Stahl wasn't given the final script until he auditioned. Oh, he wasn't given this final script before he auditioned. Not surprising. That's also something they do a lot of. Yeah. Uh, they number seven was they auditioned ten thousand actresses before finding Christiana Loken. Wow. Eight well, is not audition. Um, they looked like, at. Well, like, at the time, I thought Christiana Loken. I remember her being a big thing around that time. Anyway. Well, that was the that was the movie that that put her on the map because yeah, it's like I believe she was a model. Um, yeah. Before this. She did a good job too. Hey, yeah, because she rarely had to speak. Most of the movie, most of her audition was her walking down a hallway, stopping, and turning to shoot a threatening look at the casting directors. <laughs> before before I saw this movie, I was worried that uh, I just wouldn't be able to buy the chick Terminator as like a, a real threat. But I thought she was very effective at being a menace. You know, something yeah. to fear. Number nine was that she put on 15 pounds of muscle to play the Terminator tricks. <laughs> and <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> and you would try I'm not to. You would, please don't make me say it. <laughs> I was yeah. trying to. It's right there. Trying to, to find to something else to say. <laughs> <laughs> says Schwarzenegger worked out three hours a day for three months before shooting the movie to bulk up See? his physique. <laughs> Ten. Kate Brewster was originally played by Kate Bush, but she was replaced a month into shooting by Claire Did you say Kate Bush? Yes. Who's the that? singer? Um, um, George who? Bush's daughter. I don't know how that would work. Well, yeah, singer, it I didn't. guess. <laughs> yeah, it didn't. They replaced her after. When you get replaced after the movie starts, that's a sign that it wasn't working out. <laughs> well, sometimes somebody gets hurt. That also happens. Feelings. Like <laughs> no, I mean, you know, like uh, like Nicole Kidman in Panic Room. Nicole Kidman in Panic yeah, Room. Yeah, she was she was originally in that movie, and they they shot for like two weeks or something like that, and then she like panicked in the room. <laughs> no, she she like she hurt her ankle or something like that. Oh. In fact, that's why. In fact, that's why she's um in the beginning of Moulin Rouge, and she's on that swing. She's, oh, is, is that why her leg looks all disfigured now? What? I noticed the legs. <laughs> oh, I was like, I was like, huh? Are you dicking with me? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Okay, five more. Eleven. Oh, this is what I was wondering about the scene during the neighborhood, the crane chase scene. 
Several city blocks were created because the production needed a level of destruction that wouldn't be possible on a real street. Wow. I'm really impressed of how, how much of that bit there was uh, practical. You know, these yeah. days I would just well, assume the whole thing was CGI, but apparently you think back you think back to um you know, like uh like it's it's probably one of those things that's like a lot of those I'm sure a lot of those buildings that you saw yeah. were were like, you know, front facing facades. Like there were yeah. probably no, you know Sure backs to them, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I think the only uh, clearly CG shot that I remember seeing in that whole sequence was when the crane truck flipped over at the end. Yeah, yeah. that mm-hmm. had to be CG. <laughs> yeah, I just assumed that was because it was. Well, it could it could have been real. Incredible. No, it wasn't. You could tell. You could tell it wasn't. Okay. No, I'm saying I'm saying it could have been. I you know. Oh. <laughs> it was like you know, it was real in the dark night when they flipped the tr- when they flipped a you know, yeah. trailer truck over. Ooh. Number 12 was that Arnold actually paid for part of that out of his own money because the studio didn't want to I remember, the, deal. Yeah. I remember, you know, hearing about that, that he was like, you know, I was like, we have to have this scene. Like, this is too amazing not to do. And the studio was like, no, it's going to cost too much money. He's like, well, screw you. I'll pay for it. <laughs> He's invested. He wants his 20% back. <laughs> I'll, I'll reckon actually, was investment, you know, it's this. Yeah centerpiece of the first half of the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that animal hospital truck was the set where they spent the most time shooting. They spent four entire production days there. Wow. Well, they do make the most out of it. Mm-hmm. The hunter-killer robots actually made their first appearance. The mini hunter-killer robots made their first appearance at Universal Studios Ride T2 3D Battle Across Time. But <laughs> They closed it down in 2012. I didn't realize it had gone on for that long. That's cool. And number 15 is the shot of the melting TX took an entire year to complete. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, they had to rent that uh, particle accelerator. (laughs) (laughs) Paperwork on that is a nightmare. Had to get Nick Stahl security clearance so he could get in there and turn it on. Had to get like a billion dollars of insurance on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially if the wreck it in the end. Yeah. The TX sold Yeah, she saw us into that thing, yeah. Blew it up. Uh, do we have oh, she new... got her melted skin all over it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now we yeah. can't find this boson. <laughs> <laughs> all right, do we have any quotes? I I got some. I got. I didn't really have no quotes. There's a, I have a few. We already had one, said one, but I've only got one. I got, no, one wait, well. got two. I only I have, have one. one. I have one. Go ahead. Go ahead. Who's going ahead? John or Sergeant Drano? Because <laughs> <laughs> I only have one. Better not steal my bitch. Drop dead. I am unable to comply. Oh, that was one of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I guess that means it's my turn. Your levity is good. It relieves tension and the fear of death. (laughs) (laughs) That was hilarious. Chuckling away and uh, not after that. (laughs) I have Kate. Next time, bring a clue, not a paintball gun. (laughs) I got, uh, relax. Let me out of here! 
relax. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about it. I love the face he gave. <laughs> I do remember one actually, and it, it's another callback to that. Why don't you just die, bitch? <laughs> Nowhere near as good as Sarah Connors, but you know, it's just the way she says it in this one. <laughs> Any others? Who is our badass of the week? I want to go with the TX, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't think John. But for being a, for being a human and you know not being familiar with all of this stuff, like Claire Danes held her own pretty well. She had a yeah a couple. Of her, there's only a couple of moments where she's really kick ass and and she needed more. Mm. So I'm not sure she can actually get it. All right. My badass of the, of the week was uh, the T850. He's way better than the Terminator 2, Arnold. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was no nonsense. Didn't give a shit. <laughs> didn't. Didn't. <laughs> hey, fuck you. You, you know what? I'm, I'm. I'm convinced. I'll go. I'll go with that one too. I can go yeah. with that one. Yeah. 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 So the T850. So let's rate this movie. Want to start us out, Drino? Uh, I'll give it, I mean, it wasn't perfect, but I'll give it a nine. It's, it's my favorite of the three. It, uh, it really is. <laughs> Still. <laughs> it really is. Um, I, and I love, I love the first one. No, there are. Uh, <laughs> then what are we, what are we doing in a couple of weeks? Oh, oh, the, uh, oh, well, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, we're just saving that for later. Um, yeah, um, I liked, uh, the, the, the original Terminator movie I like second best. It was my favorite before T3 came out. Um, but it is a little dated by today's standards. And some of the acting was eh, a little over the top. T2, I really liked when I originally saw it, but I feel like it hasn't aged very well. And for long, Always got on my nerves, even back then. I did not like his performance at all. I could never really envision him growing into the leader that John Connor was supposed to be. Um, so while I didn't hate it, it, it just it was my least favorite. It seemed the most Hollywoody of the three. Um, just intended to have broad appeal, I guess. Which uh, I don't know. It doesn't appeal to me. Um, I felt like Terminator 3, to me, it really felt like a movie made by fans of the series that actually cared about um, little things. Uh, they seemed to, to me, they seemed to carry about the continuity, even though, you know, continuity was in some ways changed. But uh, I don't know. It felt to me like they cared about what they were making and that they really liked the series. They weren't. It didn't feel like to me like they were just making something to make money. I feel like they were Terminator fans making a Terminator movie. And I felt the writing was solid. I thought the acting was the best of the three movies. And so I'll give it nine out of ten. What? Hmm. Nine out of ten. I don't have a rating system. <laughs> um... Nine out of ten dog neutering pills. Nice. <laughs> Want to go next, John? All right. Um, yeah, you know, I like I, I like the movie well enough. Um, 
like I said before, it's it, it's harmless. It's it's a good time. It's fun, um, but it does often feel silly and dated and and kind of like bad fan fiction. Um, so I'm gonna give it a six, which is above average, out of ten uh, unwritten futures. All right, how about you, Ian? Well, it's got its problems. It really does. <laughs> but it doesn't make it a bad film. It's. I'm going to take back something I said earlier. It is a Terminator film, but it's not a great one. <laughs> it's better than something we're going to get. <laughs> but I can't watch this without knowing the rest of the franchise and having that in my mind. There's some really cheesy moments and cringeworthy moments that really drag it down. And I don't believe uh, this John Connor can actually lead resistance. Hmm. Edward Furlong, he's John Connor, had time to grow up. Uh. This one should have grown up by now. I, I can't believe him. And with things like that and things like the problems with the cheesy lines here and there, it drags it down, but it's still a decent Terminator film. So six and a half out of ten paradoxes we've got to learn to embrace. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Matt? Uh, well, everybody already said pretty much everything. It was everybody, when we heard there was a third Terminator, we expected the worst. We went in, we were genuinely, genuinely surprised that it wasn't half bad. But that doesn't make it great. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 T850 love handles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of love handles. <laughs> yeah, I just watching watching again. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but still it wasn't great. And I don't really have a lot to add, so I'll just give it a 6.5 out of 10 melting Terminatrixes. <laughs> Or <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get to feedback. First, we have an email from Heidi, who I don't think finished watching the movie, but she sent us feedback. <laughs> uh, so you're hearing from yet another down below her. Who wants to read Heidi's email? I'll, I'll take it. Heidi's a good friend of mine. Heidi says... Make sure you what? do a woman voice. No. <laughs> I would never do that to Heidi. <laughs> hey, guys. I've only seen this movie once and don't remember liking it as much as the others, but we'll see how I feel this time. That male stripper definitely looked too small for his clothes to fit Arnold. The sunglasses <laughs> were a nice touch. Aha! Uh -huh. John is really slipping, getting shot by his own paintball gun and locked in a cage. Kate is pretty resourceful. This female Terminator likes to taste things like Mulder does on the X-Files. <laughs> but at least she has a reason. Okay, is Mulder a Terminator? <laughs> sure. I think, my I think my first cell phone looked something like Kate's. Network failure, it actually hasn't improved much since then. Oh, wow, this movie came out in 2003? I didn't realize it was closer to Terminator Salvation than T2. Okay, Kate's cell phone was not very current because I had mine like that 
in the late 90s. <laughs> Good to know. The cops in this movie drive like they're in bumper cars, hitting the trucks and spinning it around like that. They don't seem to be concerned for their own safety. Maybe they're all Terminators. <laughs> uh, they were. <laughs> Those were the remote control cars, weren't they? I'm surprised Dr. Silberman is still practicing after all those traumatic experiences. A hearse that's a convertible? That's a new look. Kate adapts to fighting robots fairly quickly, and I really like her. She's strong and doesn't take crap from anyone. She's a lot like Sarah, and it makes sense why John would marry her. Because <laughs> she's like his mom. <laughs> I'm sure you'll point out the holes in the story and such, so I won't go into it. Is it time to start the series yet? Almost, Heidi. Heidi. Thank Getting you, closer. Heidi. Let's see. Our next one is an email from Danielson. <laughs> Who wants to take Daniel's email? Nothing. Alright, go for it. Shall I use a woman voice or a man's voice? Um, use your own voice. Use a robot voice. I don't have a voice of my own, man. <laughs> hey, what me make... Hey, what we make podcast. Without mincing words, Terminator 3 is, in my opinion, deeply flawed... I can't read this! Oh, wait. What my 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 CPU is fighting my physical body. <laughs> Without missing words. Oh, did I turn my camera on? Oh, Sorry. Watson wants to show video. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. What are you wearing, Will? Decline. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Without missing words, Terminator Three is, in my opinion, deeply flawed when compared to the first two films. Too dumb, too silly, too boring. The disappointment I have seen Nick Stahl's whiny, pathetic, incapable portrayal of John Connor is only akin to the level of disappointment I had when I compared what I had imagined Darth Vader would be like as a Jedi Knight in his prime to the Anakin actually seen in the Star Wars prequels. John should have been the human badass in this film, like his mother, Sarah, before him, lending some kind of believability to his status as the future leader of the human resistance, other than because destiny says so. I do like that they made him a drifter living off the grid, though, as I never could believe that a man with a past as marred by crime and terrorism as him could ever become a senator like in the deleted scene. Thomas Decker in the Sarah Connor Chronicles... Oh, what, what, that, that might be his... Is that spoiler territory? Who's yeah, oh, is, oh, is that's a, that's actor. I guess that's the guy who plays uh, John yeah. Connor and Sarah Connor. Mm-hmm. Okay, Thomas Decker and Sarah Connor Chronicles could kick Nick Stahl's ass. The TX remotely controlling the pedals and steering wheels of the police cruisers was too stupid for me to even enjoy the car chase. While I appreciate the nuance in pointing out that realistically. All of industrial society and military technology would be a contributing factor to the development of an AI that could conceivably become Skynet, and that it can't just be reduced to one man, Miles Dyson, or one company, Cyberdyne. The line, judgment there is inevitable, just takes a big steaming shite all over the heroic struggles of the first two films. And Thank there is you. no fake but what we make. How dare you, sir? How dare you? If a T-800 fuel cell explodes like that, 
then why didn't it cause a massive explosion when the T-1000 speared it through in T-2? Or when Sarah crushed it with a hydraulic press in T-1? Because this it wasn't is, quite the same model. That's <laughs> yeah, 50. That's, yep. Uh, how would any emotional attachment future John has to Arnie's model get a Terminator anywhere near enough to kill him? Somehow I doubt a Hi John, remember me, it's your Uncle Bob would get him past the dogs and plasma rifles. <laughs> Usually a Terminator shoots to kill, they don't hit you in the stomach and let you live to bleed out like that. Oh, talking about the general guy, I guess. Okay, um... So, if the techs think bringing Skynet online will stop the virus, but really Skynet is the virus, what exactly do they think the virus is or where it came from? It came from her mouth, man. Uh, <laughs> just because... It's, that's actually true. There's many viruses you can get from a woman's mouth. Okay, um... Just because some dweeb gets on the radio and tells the remnants of the military that they are in charge now does not mean that by the time they dig them out of the fallout shelter, they really will follow them. I look forward to the series. Daniel-san. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. Our uh, next email is from Robin. I'll read it because I like reading Robin's emails. <laughs> uh. Hey guys, I'm not a huge fan of this movie like I am of the other two, but I really wanted to like it. I think Nick Stahl and Claire Danes do the best they can with the material, but Arnold is just sleepwalking through it. I don't think he has any idea what to do with this version of the Terminator, and his performance comes off pretty confused. It may not have to do with his acting, but more of what a tonally twisted mess this is. When Terminator 2 came out, it may have seemed like a wide departure from what the original film was. They went from dark 80s sci-fi horror to more of a lighter, more accommodating blockbuster. But James Cameron did a great job of evolving the story of someone trying to change their fate and made it more hopeful. No fate but what we make, right? The action got bigger, the character of Sarah got stronger, and it gave us a hero Terminator, which was crazy at the time. But by then, Arnold was probably done with playing the bad guy, or even the dark anti-hero. He was a major Hollywood star and would need to be a hero in everything. So therefore, add the cheesy one-liners to this killing machine, and give him a father-son relationship with John Connor. No matter what your thoughts on what the sequel did to the franchise, you can't argue that Judgment Day is a bigger, more crowd-pleasing movie. Let's, let's remember... At this point, the last time Arnold had played a bad guy, it was in Batman and Robin. <laughs> so, yuck. Yeah. Then the reins of writing and directing a third movie got handed over to different people. Jonathan Mostow delivered on some great action sequences and did his best to duplicate Judgment Day, but this story is a mess. When I first heard of Rise of the Machines, I found out that we'd have John Connor as a young man and we see how the world ends for humanity. I was pretty excited about this, but ugh, what a letdown. I mean, from the start where Arnold goes through the motions of getting new clothes and then putting on a pair of cheesy sunglasses for some <laughs> yuck yuck says a lot. The, I think the only thing I like about this movie besides Nick Stahl and Claire Danes is the completely ballsy ending. It's like they took the ingredients from the sequel, Terminal fights, one-liners, chases, toss it into a blender to make a bland milkshake, and then toss it in the audience's face. <laughs> I see that. <laughs> no Delicious <favorite>. milkshake. <laughs> I drink your milkshake. 
<laughs> that milkshake brought these boys to the yard. Uh, <laughs> uh, one. There's a cheesy one-liner for you. No fate but what we make. Actually, no. Go fuck yourself. That's some sack <laughs> right there, but not enough to save this film. I love that I'm not the only one that feels this way. Honestly... <laughs> Honestly, the image of the Terminator coldly stepping through a graveyard, carrying the coffin of Sarah Connor, and gunning down but not killing anyone that tries to stop him seems like a perfect metaphor for this film. <laughs> <laughs> the franchise is on Arnold's shoulders, and he's doing his best to get it out of a lifeless place, but in the end, the coffin has no body in it, just more guns. Uh, looking Actually, for... it did have a body in it. it had yeah, John Connor was in there. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to chatting about the Sarah Connor Chronicles pilot next week. Thank you, Robin. Always oh, good to hear from you. Robin will be our guest next week, I believe. Ooh, cool. Our final piece of feedback is a voicemail from Matt A. Ooh. Hey! He says, I think you'll be happy that this is much, much shorter. You have no time limits on what we make, Matt. <laughs> okay, here goes. Let me do this. And... <laughs> Now let's play. Okay, what we make podcasts. Matt, feedback for Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. I thought I'd do something a little different this time. Last time I rambled on and on trying to hit all of my points. This time I didn't even take notes because I didn't feel like the movie was good enough to warrant that. So... Just general impressions. It wasn't terrible, but it was not as good as the previous two. I think that's pretty obvious. No Linda Hamilton. No real character depth. I, of course, I love Angela Chase and Ben Hawkins, and they make anything palatable. But I missed the emotion. I I didn't feel as though the the characters were very deep. The dialogue was very corny. Claire Danes had a lot of stupid lines like, drop dead, you asshole, and just die, you bitch. And they were delivered (laughs) not not in a great way. I don't understand why the lead villain, the Terminatrix, Uh, why did they... Don't say that! Why not give her some personality? She was just flat, one-dimensional, nothing going on there. She, attractive, of course, kind of looked like Adrian Palicki's older sister. <laughs> we saw at the conclusion of the previous film that Judgment Day was prevented because we had Linda Hamilton in old-age makeup uh, watching adult John Connor, like, at a playground. It's not canon. And we, I, I must have missed exactly why... They did not succeed. While it wired appeared that they succeeded, but they didn't. The Terminator says something like, "You didn't prevent Judgment Day; you just postponed it." But we saw at the conclusion of the last film that they did prevent it. So I don't <laughs> understand. I guess this is this is like a different parallel, like a parallel time thing. I, I'm confused. I guess you guys will explain it to me. But there were some good points. I liked that it was kind of like a no-win scenario and that they were sent to that bunker just to kind of survive and all the carnage happened off-screen, which was good because we didn't need to see it, but we got a sense of it. Oh, I guess we saw some CGI explosions, but the scenes at Skynet HQ or wherever that was, the military place, as you can see, I, I didn't pay too, too close attention. That stuff was pretty good kind of need to watch it unfold except that the robot things like the where did those come from 
did they just have those roaming the hallways with armed machine gun arms? Mm-hmm. I, that's like a workplace violation. Somebody called OSHA. <laughs> I didn't get why they were there to begin with, but okay. So that was pretty uh, gruesome watching them all get slaughtered. And the beginning was pretty good too with John Connor's lieutenants being assassinated when they were just teenagers. Really sucks to be murdered on the grounds of something that you will do in the future. That's pretty shitty. So some good ideas here, but overall, I just, I feel like if you take out the action stuff, you have like a really awesome 30-minute movie, but then they just threw in like too much crap, too much, too many things being chased and blown up, and once again, the Terminatrix, just boring as hell. All right, that's it. I'll give this one 6 out of 10 hands that you should talk to, and I'm super excited for the Sarah Connor Chronicles. I have high expectations. I'm hoping that the constraints of the budget will mean less action, more character drama, and that they can really take the time to play with some science fiction theory, time paradox theory. That kind of that's the most interesting part of this franchise for me, so I'm really hoping that they push that and that it's exciting. I can't wait. I really can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you, Matt. Always good to hear from you. If you want to send us feedback, that's mail at whatwemakepodcast.com. Oh, it accidentally closed down my script, but I think we were finished. <laughs> we, uh, we haven't talked about Sergeant Candy yet. <laughs> Did Bobby we want to talk about Sergeant Candy? Sergeant, sorry? Sergeant Candy. Oh. Sergeant oh, Candy. Sergeant Candy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that accent, though. <laughs> we can fix it. <laughs> we can fix it. <laughs> well, I'll be. It's me. And then, it, and then, and then boom, deadpan. <laughs> All right. Well, thank everybody for coming to join us. Sergeant Drano, tell us where else we can find you. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, I'm a regular participant in a lot of these uh, intro casts. I also have my own podcast called Station 7, The Door. Uh, we started off podcasting on Lost during the sixth season of Lost, and currently we are podcasting on The Walking Dead. We've been podcasting on that since that show began. Uh and that's ongoing right now, so uh, we actually will be recording tomorrow night. Uh, and, and so if you're hearing this recording, you will have missed dialing in live to participate in our podcast because I'm sure it's already happened by now. But, <laughs> but yeah, we love to have people call in live. We're on TalkShoe. You can find us by searching for Station 7 at the door on there, too, and uh, either Skype in or call in with your phone. Uh, we take all comers. Awesome. John, remind us where we can find you. Uh, there's Sofa Dogs, which is my flagship podcast. Been running for almost nine years now. It'll be nine years next month. Um, there's also Idget Cast, which is a supernatural intro cast. And there's Castle Cast, which I do with Heidi. And that, of course, is about Castle. Um, there's probably more, but those are the main ones where you can find me. 
I'm also on Twitter at John Pavlich. It'd be funny if Castle Cast was about something like Game of Thrones or something like that. <laughs> you could, I suppose. <laughs> We're just about actual castles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Ian, where can we find you out there? Well, well, I think you know one place. Yeah, I know I one do place. the Down Below podcast with you, Heidi and Elizabeth, all about Babylon 5. And we've just started on season three. <laughs> I've also got another podcast out there a Doctor Who one, called The Web of Queer, where we actually take a look at Doctor Who from a queer perspective. Awesome. So, oh yeah, so, next week, ladies and gentlemen, we're actually going to be starting on Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. We're going to save that other Terminator movie for later. Yeah, it's about time. (laughs) Yeah. I'm ready to get into it. So we'll be doing the pilot in one week. And I keep meaning to check, but I think the pilot may be 90 minutes without commercials. I had forgotten about that. But mm. Is it? I thought it was I thought it was the span of a regular episode. Uh, maybe so. Maybe I'm thinking well, about this Well, because this was around the time when um, uh, television, they, they did this thing for about, for like a season. Like Fox was doing this thing called remote free TV. Yeah. Where like episodes were longer than they normally were like so like instead of like 42 minutes like really? you got an episode that was like 50 at least <laughs> so yeah get, like, and was, like an entire extra act yeah and of course or, it was going on around the same time as the writer's strike as well yeah i remember mm-hmm. dollhouse would do that thing where they save they they have short commercial but then there'd be one long ass commercial break in the middle of the show <laughs> yeah. yeah i remember that yeah so uh, it's either one, it's either you know, 45 minutes or 90 minutes. I don't remember. I meant to check. But anyway, we'll be starting on the Sarah Connor Chronicles next week. Woo-hoo. With the pilot. Ray. We're looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. Awesome I'm excited. Show. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what Matthew and Michaela make of it. Yeah, <laughs> I am too. That's what got us together, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. <laughs> yeah. All right, folks, that is... All we have for this week, we'll be back next week with Pilot. <laughs> but until then, remember, there's... there's no, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> no, well, you remember. Remember to yes. talk to the hand. Everyone remember, there's no fate but what we make. Goodbye. Thanks for having me. Bye. Thanks for having me, too. No, I can't. It's nice speak. to be heard. <laughs>